Okay, so let's uh, let's get started. Hold on. Sure. Ah, delicious. I started adding almond milk to my tea, and it's I like I warm up the almond milk in the microwave for a good thirty seconds, and I put it in my hot tea. And I have to say, man, shit is delicious. That is two things that probably will never pass through my lips: <laughs> almond milk and tea. I'm not a fan of either one, to be honest. Oh man. My life changed when I embraced uh, hot black tea. But anyway, okay. <clears throat> Hello world, welcome back to the Flores and Friends podcast. It's another Saturday night. Where I'm recording this uh, a ways away from the release date because I have company coming in the weekend before this episode drops and I won't be able to do it. But uh, luckily I have a friend who is willing to record this far out. Ladies and gentlemen, allow me to bring back onto the pod Clark Martin, a.k.a. Pup. How you doing tonight, Pup? What's going on, man? Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, Again. yeah for real. <laughs> I uh, My mother is coming to town next weekend because she wants to visit oh. me. Get this, man. I'm not complaining. First off, I, if my tone betrays me, I, I apologize, but I'm not complaining. But dude, get this. Literally, my mother is coming to town next weekend, and then my brother... And my sister-in-law and her brother and Claire, my niece, I think all th- all four of them are coming into town like the weekend, the end of the month. It's like God, and then I'm gonna be in town next month for holidays, and then I'm gonna be in town in December for the holidays. It's like <laughs> you're gonna be familyed out by the time the New Year hits, man. I I I would be. I'm reluctant to say there isn't such thing as familyed out, but I mean. I can't say you're wrong, but I'm going to be happy to see them. I haven't seen them since April, so there's, that's always good. So Yeah, that's uh, always good to see them. And you're, you're definitely not as close as uh, driving distance-wise as I am to mine. So. Yeah, uh, but actually while I was doing research for the episode today, I was listening to your pod. I listened to the VPN episode. I was going to listen to some of the uh, two cent, two, uh, two cent, uh, episodes, but I didn't get to them, but I did listen to your VPN episode and I really liked it, man. I, I was, I've, I've been contemplating getting a VPN. So how's the pod been going, man? Uh, pod's been doing really good, uh, kind of branching out a little bit. So getting a lot of new followers, a lot of listens, yeah. uh, I'm getting, I'm creeping up on that 2000 stream mark. That's so what's up. I'm getting, yeah, it's, it's getting up there, man. I'm, I'm, I'm having a, I'm having a blast. So I just recorded and finished editing next week's episode for next uh, last night. Mm-hmm. So everything's good to go for next week since I'm going to be out of town Monday and Tuesday. Yeah. Not going to be in Houston. So, um, so yeah, the, the pod's doing well, man. Just for, really just for anyone who's never heard the pod, why don't you give it a plug real quick? Okay, it's uh, the Down South IT Podcast. Uh, you can find it on SoundCloud. I have a YouTube channel with a bunch of videos on it. Website downsouthitpodcast.com. You can find it on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Music, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Pocket Cast, and iHeartRadio. That's what's up. Anyone can tell uh, Pup is way more invested in his pod than I am, uh, which that, that is that is a praise. That is not a slight at all, sir. But yeah, I listen it to it regularly. Up, it takes up a lot of time, but you know what? You, it's if fun. you do what you love, you're not working a day in your life. I actually had coffee with a friend of mine. Well, she's a friend's little sister uh, who also lives in Austin, and she wants to start a pod. So we actually had coffee and talked about it. And basically, I kept telling her, I was like, well, you know, 
I, I recorded a pod with a friend about this topic because she wants to start a pod. And I was like – so we kind of broke down. Basically, it was I was regurgitating everything I said on your pod in the episode we did earlier this year. But yeah, it was really interesting. She seems really excited. I hope she goes through with it. Um, hopefully, I'll have her on later in the year. I don't know if I'll fit her into the schedule for the rest of the year. But maybe next year I'll have her on. Yeah, man. It's really exciting. Everybody wants to do a pod these days, dude. It's uh, – it's, it's pretty good. I like it. I, I'm not, like I told her, I'm not competitive. I'm not vain like that. Like, I don't care. Like, if like, man, everybody's doing a pod now. I did it before it was cool, which is a lie because I did it way after it was cool to begin with. So I'm, I'm, I'm a cheap imitator as well. So I'm not, not to call y'all cheap imitators, but I'm just saying. The, the point is I'm happy everybody's getting involved. The point is with that too. Also, it really doesn't matter because there's space out there for everybody. Absolutely, everybody has a space for their voice. If you want to do a podcast, just go do it, man. Yeah. There's no reason for you not to get your voice out there, be heard, be listened to. It takes a little bit of elbow grease and you know some some concrete walking and some butt kissing a little bit sometimes to get people to listen. But you know what? In the end, if you're doing it for the right reasons. There's no reason that everybody can't do it. Yeah, it was funny, though. She was asking me a lot of technical questions and, like, things I hadn't thought about in, like, forever. Like, she goes, so where did you find your theme song? I was like, oh, yeah. And she goes, how did you come up with your cover art? I'm like, oh, yeah. I, th- I forgot I had to think about these things. And she's like, how did you how did you upload it to – how did you get started on SoundCloud? And how did you get it on iTunes? And how did you get it on Spotify? I was like, oh, yeah, I, I forgot about all that. Yeah, I had to do all that. Like, I, I forget. Like, there's actual steps you need to take to get it out there. I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, we actually probably should have went over that on my podcast when I had you on. Dog, we were having so much fun and we were shooting the shit. So that's what happens, yeah. folks. Like when me and Pup are around, like we'll start talking about something, but we shoot the shit with each other. So it's just like it just devolves into us like just bullshitting. So yeah, it does. And like I say, if 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 at any point during the pod the Louisiana comes out, the cool yeah. ass comes out, just let me know. That Speak- way I can come. I can I can try to at least dial back the inner Kojo. Uh, speaking of yeah, speaking of Louisiana, let's uh, let's all give a shout out to LSU Fighting Tigers. They won today. They beat uh, fucking Utah State. Uh, you know we pretty we we won pretty decisively. And I just found out that uh, College Game Day is going to town next week into Baton Rouge for the Florida, the Florida game. Yeah, nice. LSU game. And uh, that, that that'll be nice. That will be nice. Pup and I were just talking before we got started about Coach O and how he'll give like in-game, halftime, or post-game interviews, and I was just, I listened to him, and I'm like, I know what he's saying. I just don't know how everyone else in the rest of the 49 United States know what the fuck he's saying. Maybe people from, like, Mississippi and, like, the Deep South, like Alabama, maybe they can kind of piece it together? Yeah, I think South Mississippi would be, you know, I think they're okay. I think people in East Texas, you know, that area. Maybe Arkansas? Maybe. Some probably some in the Arklatex up that that way. Yeah, you know they got some that way. You know would probably be able to understand them, but for the most part, yeah, I think uh, <laughs> outside of that, yeah, it, 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 I think it's he may need subtitles. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I see. I can't step out of myself. I'm like, I know what he's saying because, like, while I didn't grow up around people like Coach O in that part of the in, in those neck of the woods of Louisiana. I have experienced them, and I have come and encounter, and, and I have encountered them. So I'm like, oh yeah, I can I can hear what you're saying, man. But like, how would someone from like Utah like know what the fuck this dude is saying? But I love him. He's he's I I much prefer him over less. Yes, I said it. I prefer him over less miles every day of the week. Yeah, I do too. You can tell you can tell he's in it in it head hard and ass. Yeah. 
you know, hey, he he believes it, he lives it, he loves it, yeah, and you can tell. So it's uh, that's all, that's really all you want in a coach. So do you think we can just before we get started on the main topic, a uh, little bit of uh, you know local, I guess, news? Like, what do you think uh, if we get through? I mean, we got a tough. We got some tough battles coming up. We got Florida, we got Auburn, and then it culminates after uh, after Halloween. We play Alabama. Um, Pup, I'm. I guess we got to see how we look against Florida and Auburn. But just as we look now, do you think we can go to Tuscaloosa and slay the dragon? If the defense plays like it did today, I mean, and yeah, the offense plays like it did against Texas. Yeah, if they buddy. can bring it all together. During that bye week before Alabama, absolutely, yeah, we got a shot. We got a serious shot. Yeah, it's a lot closer than it has been in years past. Like oh, very yeah. recently, yeah, so. it's it's, it's going to be a game, man. And I, to, to be honest, it's either going to be like a forty-eight fifty game, or it's going to be seven to three. Who knows? Uh, I mean, it, it's, it, there is going to be no in between. I. Uh, it's either going to be a shootout, or it's going to be a defensive game all game long. I I can't. I'll say this. Like, again, it all depends on how we play against Florida. And Auburn, I am not ready to drink the Kool-Aid, but I'll have to tell you, pup, I'm getting awfully thirsty for that Kool-Aid. I'm like, mm, I really want to buy in. I really want to buy in, but I'm like. Yeah. And uh, like I say, a lot, of, a lot of that depends on how Burrow's playing. Yeah. And, and I think today he kind of had a little bit of, he had an off day. It started slow. Yeah. You know, it got better as the game went on. That Thad Moss but, interception, but I was he, like, uh, oh, God. Yeah, I mean, it all hinges on him. Yeah. You know, and I think that's the that's the good and that's the crux of their their problem if they have any. Yeah. Is that if he has a bad day, LSU's going to have a bad day. So it's it's all on him, you know. We'll, we'll wrap up with this. Just warning you now, warning the world now, because I, I know everyone in the world is listening right now to my podcast, but I'm just warning y'all, if LSU somehow, knock on wood, fucks around and wins a national championship, y'all thought I was obnoxious. Motherfuckers, y'all aren't ready for this shit. I am going to fucking be the most annoying LSU fan in the world, because fuck everything. <laughs> oh my god, you will not... You The world will be like... John is canceled. Why? Because of me too? He'd be like, no. He won't shut up about LSU. Like, that's it. He's done. We're done with John. He's done. I'm like, worth it. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm going to put, I'm going to be, uh, I'm not going to be quite that obnoxious. Yeah. But just like they have every, every time you hear something about the Atlanta Falcons oh, yeah. dropping the game to the, pay, to the Patriots, 28 to I'm going to do that against LSU. 28 to you 3. Know, <laughs> Every time you hear something about the Falcons, twenty-eight to three, I'm gonna throw in that LSU national championship in there. I'm a dude. I'm a I'm a harp on that shit hard. That's a long ways away, but hopefully, I'm not religious, but God willing, we make it to the promised land, pup. I hope so. It's been too long since we've been there, man. Anyway, we got a long episode. Uh, we're not exactly sure how long this episode is going to be, but we have a lot of territory to cover. Basically, uh, Pup is back on, and we are re- we are redoing. We are doing another installment of uh, a, a themed topic episode that we introduced last year called 10, 20, 30. Uh, I I highly encourage. I strongly encourage. Uh, Everyone to go back and listen to last year's episode. So basically the the premise is for everyone who hasn't listened to that one is we look back at, you know, currently the year is 2019. We look back at the 
current events, things going on 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. So we're going to talk about the years of 2009, 1999, and 1989. It was it was a pretty good episode last year. It was a lot of research, a lot of talking, but so we got a lot to cover because as both Pup and I realized, you, you, you don't realize how much shit happens in one year until you have to like look and account, like account for everything. You're like, fuck, I got to cut oh, some yeah. shit out, man. I can't talk about everything. Fuck. <laughs> So, Pup, are you ready? I'm ready, and like, uh, actually, like before we go, we uh, I did an episode similar to this in on my pod, and it's yeah. episode 303, and it goes through most of the, just the tech aspect aspects of what happened 20 years ago. Yeah. So, if you want to go back and listen to that, just for the tech side, see how everything was working. I do. I do talk about. I'm going to talk about some of the same stuff on this pod that, that I did on mine, but I mean, you can't change history, so. You gotta repeat it. Yeah, so let's uh, let's get started. Just a heads up, we will both be doing the year 2009, and then Pup will be doing 1999. He'll be doing his best Prince impersonation. He'll be partying like it's 1999, and I will be. not go that high. And I will be doing 1989, and then we're gonna wrap up with the questions because I don't. Yeah, Pup, I don't think you've done the questions yet. So anyway. Uh, let's get started with 2009. I'll start. I'll start with the, the first tidbit. I don't really know how you can start 2009 without the big thing being Obama's inauguration, and it's like that was like. I think that's the. Would you Would you agree that that was like the biggest thing of 2009, pup? That was probably the biggest news story, I would say, yeah. I mean, yeah, like the Obama administration beginning, the first non-white president. I think that was like the big thing. And I also forgot, like, I can't believe I forgot this, but fucking he won a Nobel Peace Prize? It was like, oh, yeah, I guess he did win one of those. Even, look, you know where I stand and I know where you stand on the spectrum, the political spectrum. But even I, as a liberal and a, like, devout Obama, like, fan, I was like, really? Like, really? Yeah. He was in office for like what four days and got a Nobel Peace Prize. I I just I you can't really blame him for that. Like, what's he gonna do? Say no? no. But like, but like, I think it was Nobel, the Nobel Foundation or whatever they are. They no, needed the they blame, needed the you press. Can't blame him, but I believe the Nobel Committee doesn't publish who nominated. Yeah, you know those people for I think twelve years. Mm-hmm. So we're not gonna know for another couple of years before Ooh, we know something to look forward to. You know. But, That'd be kind of interesting for me to see. I, I'd want to see who nominated him, to be honest. Without getting too political here, because I'll get – don't worry. I'm going to get political in my uh, 1989 thing. I got a lot to say about George H.W. It's funny now looking back at the 2008 election, pup, isn't it? Like considering the 2016 election that we had and the 2020 coming up next year, it's like, oh, that was kind of quaint. Like you, you think about Sarah Palin and you're like, wow – I guess simpler times, but at that time, like that was some crazy. That was some crazy shit at the time, man. Yeah, we we only thought we had seen crazy shit. Yeah. Until, <laughs> until recently, it's it's been pretty much balls out ever since then. But uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, we that that was. It's strange to to think back on that, thinking that okay, yeah, this was a bit more civilized than what we you know. What we come to know and, and see on the news now. Yeah, but you could argue that, like, all of that, like, you could argue that 2008 kind of started where we were, started us down the path to where we are now, for better or for worse. But that's, that 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 is the thing that really defines my year of 2009. Pup, what do you have that really stood out for you in 2009? For me, I think 
think it was not to bring it to too much of a downer, but man, we lost a lot of really famous people yes. in 2009. That was probably going to be my next thing was the yeah. fact that yeah, Michael Jackson. I remember where I was when Michael Jackson passed away. Dude, it was we lost so many people in 2009. It was nuts. Do you have a list? I have a list. If I you have want a to list. Yeah. You, if you want to go ahead. Okay. Uh, well, we lost Brittany Murphy from Oh, yes. And King of the Hill. Yeah. Uh, Roy Disney, brother of uh, Yeah. You know, the he was a Disney head after uh, Walt died. Yeah, he was uh Roy such as the heads up uh Roy E Disney. I think I think Roy E Disney was Disney's brother and the Roy Disney you are referring to is his son so he was Walt's nephew. But he was like a figurehead in the company for decades yeah. cuz like once Walt died in the 60s, uh he kind of was the the family yeah, patriarch. Walt, yeah. I think Walt died in either 61 or 59 if I remember Some, right. Somewhere in there. But yeah, please continue, yeah. sir. Anyway, uh Patrick Swayze. Yeah. Patrick. Uh, Ted Kennedy, yep. the, the big, humongous, rotund some bitch he was. Hey, man. Uh, hey, hey, all right. He may have uh, gotten away with drunk driving and killing a woman, but, you know. He was he was still a Kennedy. And he did a lot for his country, all right? Yeah, he was still a Kennedy. I he guess was still I a Kennedy, yeah. Uh, Michael Jackson, of course. Yeah. Same day, Farrah Fawcett. That, poor Farrah Fawcett, man. Like She gets yeah. no play because it just happened to be on the same day. Exactly. And like hours apart. Yeah. I think she was like kind of mid morning and he was like afternoon. I have a story about Michael I have a story about Michael Jackson's passing after you're done that I wanted to tell. Okay. All right. Well we have, we also have uh Paul Harvey, famous radio and yeah. TV broadcaster. Paul Harvey here. Yep. Uh we have B. Arthur. Yeah. Actress and Marine, believe it or not. Yes. She was in the Marines, and she was a badass. Fucking badass for life, dude. <laughs> Dom DeLuise, yeah. also. I'm, dude, uh, he was so good. I miss him. Uh, David Carradine. Yeah. Okay, so I, I had a note next to David Carradine. That was the <laughs> first day I learned, because they didn't... I, wait, I don't know what Birds and the Bees talk your parents had with you, but uh, my Birds and the Bees talk never brought up uh, autoerotic asphyxiation. Like no, no, mine never did either. That but, was, I uh, learned something that day. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I learned something from the internet a long time before that. Oh yeah. God, pup. Anyway, <laughs> let's not go into that. Like, please continue. No, there are deep and dark and sordid places on the internet that young men can find weird shit. Let me tell you. Anyway, uh, I won't get into nitty gritty details, but uh, the other two that I got on here is uh, Walter Cronkite. Yeah. Uh, another TV broadcaster and Les Paul, mm. inventor inventor of the Les Paul, who is a awesome guitar player, mm-hmm. invented most of the electronics that we see in electric guitars today. And believe it or not, his wife Mary was probably just as good of a guitar player as he was, or better. Yeah, I, <laughs> that's awesome. I didn't have Les Paul, but I did have a couple of names you didn't have. Uh, smaller names. You you got most of mine. The only two you didn't have on yours were Ricardo Montalban died on that in two thousand nine. Uh, oh, he yeah. was Khan in on Star Trek. He was the the lead on Fantasy Island. He was a pretty big TV star. And the other one was Billy Mays, another famous TV star. You know Billy Mays here. Yeah. Uh, he was the uh, the infomercial guy. And 
I, yeah. I definitely remember that. Yeah, I remember, like, there was a lot of, like, it was, like, 2009. I think it was either, like, 2000, like 2015, 2016, 2017. Maybe 2017 was another year where it felt like everybody was fucking dying. So that was a crazy year. But uh, I, I was remiss to ask, man, where were you in 2009, Pup? What were you getting into? Because I was a freshman. I was It was my end of my freshman year, beginning of my sophomore year in college. Uh, so where were you at? Were we working together yet, or did you come aboard on 2010 yeah, at, that, at that store that shall not be water. named? I think in 09, I was... Actually, no, I wasn't. Yeah. In 09, I was still in grocery, but I wasn't at working at the place that should not be named. Yeah. Um, I went back to the place that shall not be named, I think, in... 2011 i thought it was 2010 but yeah that's probably those so years blur together we had so much fun that those years those years blur together for me yeah so yeah pretty much yeah because it i left in 06 came back or i left in 06 07 came back in i think 2010 2011 so i, I ended up going to other things and came back and then yeah. and haven't been back since thank god I, see, I ask all that because the Michael Jackson story I wanted to tell was I was literally in line. Uh, I was It was my day off, and I was literally in line behind someone at that grocery store we both worked at. And, like, it had just – the news had just trickled down. I think I was studying or doing something, and I was like, I need to go make a run to the grocery store because I lived so close by. And so, like, I just remember being in line behind someone, this dude, this random customer, and – I was like, hey, did y'all hear about Michael Jackson? He goes, the, he was the dude in front of me. He goes, yeah. I was like, man, that's crazy. Like, it's really funny how, like, everybody's sad now. But, like, t- yesterday you could have made a joke about Michael Jackson being a pedophile. But now it's like, oh, my God, he was such a national treasure. Like, oh, my God. Oh, he's gone too soon. And, like, no, de- like, the dude, without missing a beat, like, in the most, like, deadbeat monotone delivery, he went, well, yeah, I mean, Michael Jackson's kind of the reason why I got into music. He was like, he was my favorite artist. He's kind of the reason I got into music. And I was like, oh, uh, well, sorry about that, buddy. Uh, I was like, oops, sorry. I didn't realize people were really upset about that, man. But like, I don't know. Like, even now, even now, Michael Jackson's kind of reverted back to being, oh, yeah, that pedophile, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it did. He had the, uh, the mystique of the godlike figure. Yeah. For you know, at least a couple a year or two after after his death, but I think since that HBO special, yeah, yeah, it's it's all reverted back. <laughs> yeah, uh, did you have anything to say about the deaths, I, or did you want to move on to some other things on two, in two thousand nine? Uh, I think that's pretty much all I had um, as far as that goes, at least. Uh, I had the next big thing was the miracle on the Hudson, like Sully Sullivan, yes. and it's like that was a big thing, and I was like. You like I, I never saw the movie. I really didn't care. But I think it's hilarious that like I didn't notice this until I did the research on 2009. So Sully Sullenberger happened in 2009, and Captain Phillips also happened in 2009. Both characters played by Tom Hanks. I don't know what he was like. I wonder if in 2009 Tom Hanks was like, "This is gonna be a year for me down the line. Just you wait." Uh, <laughs> But yeah, man, like those were those were two big things. Uh, the other thing I had was I had completely forgotten about this pup. This isn't as big. Like in hindsight, you're like, oh yeah, that was a thing. Balloon Boy. Do you remember Balloon Boy? You was it the one? Was it the kid that strapped all the balloons to the chair and flew? No. So basically, what happened was, uh, so 
it, it was this viral thing where like the cops got involved but so the parents had an air balloon and it kind of it got released right and they claimed at the time that their little son can't remember his name uh was on board and he had gotten on board and we they couldn't find him and it was flying away and they couldn't get to him and there was like video of this shit and so that happens and like the police track it down they shoot down the balloon it crashes like they could and then they can't find the kid in there and it turns out he was like in the attic of the garage and then slowly but surely <laughs> like things started to unravel that like the cops were like wait this story is not adding up and i think in an interview like later on down the line the kid like said like in on on live television he's like we did it for the tv show so basically the like i think that they concluded that these parents wanted a reality tv show of their own and they were like how do we do this and so they were like let's scare the world into the fact that our child was in a balloon and then we'll get so much media attention off of this shit and that's how we get our television show like what? What? Like what? I forgot, dude. I completely forgot about this. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I kind of remember it. I'm. Like I said they've had so much stuff go on yeah. between now and then, and my brain just doesn't work that way. So yeah, I did. I kind of vaguely remember that happening. Yeah. So uh, but, uh, what's up? What's something else you got on your list? Uh, I got um, the very first, the Genesis block of. Bitcoin was created. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, would you are you able to explain what bit like kind of like for people who are not aware still to this day what Bitcoin is or isn't and what the blockchain is and all that? So, if you had to give like I guess like a, a brief assessment of what that means and what that is, uh, basically, it to go into really short detail because a lot of it even still goes over my head, yeah, but. Basically, what it is is there's a finite amount of Bitcoin in the world. Yeah. And then what it does is each each block has it, I think so many so many bids in it or something like that. And if you want to spend it, you have to use other computers to verify that coin to everything else within that chain yeah. so you're using other other computers decentralized stuff to be able to check and balance whether or not that's actually a good coin whether it's a bad coin you know that kind of thing and that was basically the birth of cryptocurrency yeah and so you're that that's kind of the long and short of it like I say i'm not real versed in it so uh, i can't really speak too too crazy on it because <laughs> To, to be honest, uh, it's it's way over my head. Yeah, I just so, remember like over the years, everyone's like Bitcoin, crypto, cryptos, man, they're the future. Get on board now. It's like, um, if I had the money to like invest in that, I I think uh, no, I'm good. You you guys have fun well, with that. Congratulations. Well, I I mean I don't completely understand it, and some of the markets are kind of weird. Yeah, but I do have. You know, uh, I do have a little bit of money in, in, in crypto. Just, okay. you know, just for, for S&G, you know, just for a rainy day. On the, on the odd chance that it does happen to shoot up again, yeah, then I'll make a little bit of money. Uh, but, I mean, it's not, I don't have a whole lot, you know, invested in it. I think I might have like 200 bucks total. Yeah, it's, it's so nebulous. You know, it's, it's not much. It's so, so nebulous that it's like, uh, 
sure. Yeah, I mean, it, pretty much, if you're going to invest in crypto or anything anything along that line, yeah, you know, the, the best advice I got from somebody is don't invest anything you need to spend right now. Yeah, yeah. If you need to spend it within the next 12 months, don't do it. Yeah. You know, because that, that's basically what it's there for. It's there to ride out the market, let everything, you know, settle out, and it's going to go, it's going to go high, it's going to go low, but... You know, in the in the end, it's going to even off, but it's not going to even off anytime soon. So. Yeah, it's basically <laughs> like, from my understanding, and again, I'm not an expert on the tech side or the financial side, but like, it's basically like anything. It's like any commodity you trade, but this is like, like not as regulated. It's like, yeah, I mean, it's an investment, so like you buy some, and hopefully the market's good for it, and then. It's basically yeah. like trading any commodity. So, but yeah, man, that started in two thousand nine. Look how far it's come. I I don't hear much about it these days, but yeah, that is pretty significant. Well, I, I keep up with it just because I have a little bit of money in it, yeah. and it just crashed again about uh, last week. Yeah, uh, uh, crashed. I think Bitcoin itself crashed from over ten thousand to just over eight thousand. Hmm. So it dropped a couple of thousand dollars in probably six hours. <laughs> So, so, you know, again, ride the waves. But yeah, it's uh, you know, it's one of those things, and it's starting to starting to build back up. So, yeah. you know, it, like I said, if don't invest anything in crypto that you're not willing to lose. Okay, you ready for this? Uh, are you ready for this transition? Are you ready for this fucking segue here? Uh, I, I figured you was gonna kind of go into either some movies or some music for 2009 real quick. Well, I don't. We don't have time for that. We're not gonna. We're not gonna dwell okay. too much on 2009 since it's you know we got we got bigger fish fish to fry. The 10 part is not as big as the 20 and the 30. But watch this segue. Speaking of crash, speaking of crashes, you know what else happened in 2009? Motherfucking Tiger Woods crashed his car into his tree, and that unfolded like the whole. Apparently, Tiger Woods is fucking every woman in America. So that. That right there was probably the most spectacular fall from grace oh, man. I have seen in a long time. Dog, I that I remember where I was. I was at like with my family. Like it happened, I think, in the later part of the year. I was probably home from like during Thanksgiving or like Christmas or something like that. I remember where I was, and I saw that on the news. Like Tiger Woods involved in a crash. I was like, oh shit, that's crazy. Hope he's all right. Like he's the greatest golfer of all time. Like arguably, I hope he's not dead. And then you hear about all the shit that came out afterwards, man. Like, like you know what I always, you know what, I mean, I know we're two guys here, but like, you know what I never understood? Why did he feel that, I, like, corporate sponsor-wise, I understand why he needed to apologize, but like, why, he was just like, I'm sorry, I disappointed everyone. I'm like, why? Like, what? You don't, need to, you don't owe us shit, man. Why are you apologizing right now? You owe your wife. You owe your family an apology and an explanation. Yeah. But you don't yeah, owe them a big one. Yeah, dude, you don't owe anyone shit. Like, what the fuck? But I guess when you're a corporate guy, and he was, like, the sponsor for everything. Like, he was such a friendly face and such a bankable superstar as far as marketing. Yeah, I guess he had to try and salvage an image. And I don't know. He's kind of bounced back. What would you say? Like, I know you're, you played golf, and I don't know how actively you follow PGA, but, like, I would say he's bounced back. I mean... He won a he won a major last year, so that was pretty exciting. Yeah, he did win a major, so he's he's kind of working his way back. He's still having back problems. Yeah, uh, I know he had a couple of surgeries, so he's still kind of rehabbing and getting back. And I mean, it 
if your back screwed up, I mean, you need that to swing a golf club. So, you know, it, it, it's going to be a long process. But I think he's starting to kind of get back into the groove of things. Yeah. So, you know, if if everything goes well the next couple of years, you know, I mean, the public is forgiving. Yeah. So I think, you know, pretty much everybody's kind of moved past the – yeah. The crazy, the crazy uh, scenario. So it uh, it all comes down to this to me, man. Like, do I think what he did was right? No. Like, come on, man. You're married, man. Keep together. But like, here's the thing: I I want people to understand about Tiger Woods, and I think they need to appreciate. Look, I'm not condoning what he did. I'm not. I'm really not. I think he has some form of sex addiction, probably. But just think about it this way: you are th- super rich. You are traveling the world months, weeks at a time, weeks, months at a time away from your family, you know, and here's the thing. You walk into a room, every, like the baddest of the baddies, as far as ladies are concerned, are throwing themselves at you all the time, all the motherfucking time. Look. All I'll say is I'm not giving – I'm not a, being an apologist here. I'm just saying that I understand. I would not – I would probably succumb. There are probably plenty of guys out there that are like, shut up, John. Like, fuck you. You're giving this dude an out. I'm like, no, but I understand. Like, that's why I don't think he owed me an apo- owed anyone an apology. I was like, no, nah, man, it makes sense. You fucked up. People fuck up. Like, yeah. I mean, you kind of fucked up spectacularly. Like, you were fucking women like – like 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 ten women in like two days, but all right, sure, go ahead. But like uh, the, the thing that got me about the whole situation, one, yeah, like you said, there are probably women throwing themselves all over him from, I mean, just any country he stepped foot in, everywhere, 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 the most beautiful life. women you will ever see. He's got like a this, dozen this of them. This is what gets me though. This is what okay. gets me though. Yes, you do have beautiful women throwing themselves at you. Okay. okay. But his wife is fucking gorgeous. Amen. Amen. Dude, his wife is a. Um, she's I mean, she's she's like a former model than than the nanny. Like she was a model before she was a nanny, and I think they met because she was a exactly. nanny. She was a fucking model. I think she was. I think for Victoria's Secret at one point. I mean, look, look. Like I say, I don't condone what he did, but dude, hey, man. if you got that at home, hey. you you know, I'm, I'm sorry, I may I may be just a different breed, but i'm not trying to be i'm not trying to be a misogynist or a chauvinist here like i'm really not like i i I think what he did was pretty abhorrent especially like i mean he's got a wife with multiple children so yeah that's pretty fucked up but i never understood the whole man you got steak at home why you going for why you going out for burgers it's like well there's an old saying and i hope i'm not butchering it find me a gorgeous woman and i'll find a man sick of her shit like you know Looks ain't everything is basically it, people. Looks ain't everything. Sometimes you just don't want to deal with someone. Well, I'll, I'll give I'll give you that to an extent because we don't know what their home life was before exactly. all this happened. So anyway, let's let's get off of this. I feel like we're treading on some like thin ice here. Uh, let's wrap up 2009 pretty quickly. Uh, I guess we can dwell on. Uh, we had Bernie Madoff happen. Uh, we had the. I forgot about this. This was kind of sad. I mean, but we live in such an age where this kind of happens regular, too regularly that it's kind of we've all become numb to it. For the Fort Hood shooting, 
Like, I forgot about that. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, basically, Nadal Hassan, uh, he shot 13 people and injured several more in Forward Hood, Texas. It was the deadliest mass shooting on – it uh, either was or is currently the deadliest mass shooting on a military American military base. And the last thing, maybe you want to go into this, Pup, or if you have anything else to talk about. The other big thing is while I was, I was in school, I remember this, like a bunch of people were getting sick. The H1N1, the swine flu, was like blowing up campuses across the, like blowing up offices and campuses, like schools everywhere. That was nuts, man. That was so wild. Do you remember that? Yeah, they they were. They, if you pretty much went into or stayed in a office in a school, yeah, and you know went and if you were around other humans, basically. Um, you pretty much were almost guaranteed that you, at some point, you were going to go have to go get tested for this thing because, I mean, it was just everywhere. Yeah, it, I mean, it was everywhere. It was, it was, some, it was weird. Like I was dabbling. I still dabble with writing, but I was like, I was dabbling with somehow turning it into a a zombie story. Like I was like, this is this is this is basically the setup to a zombie story right here. Like this is this is like like the first opening like the first five minutes of a zombie movie and then like the next 10 to 20 is like oh shit now there's actual zombies and now we're fucked so but that was wild man i just remember people getting sick and like being deathly afraid of getting it because i was like i've never i don't think i've ever gotten the flu knock on wood again i really it sounded like people were dying like i remember people were dying i'm like oh fuck like i mean obviously it was like small children or the elderly, which is not to be nothing to sneeze at, but like I, I was—I mean, I was a 19-year-old kid, like fairly healthy. So, you know, I was like, "Oh, well, I hope I don't get it because that would really suck." <laughs> yeah, uh, that was pretty much a, kind of the, the same attitude that I had at that point. And I was just like, you know what? If I get it, I get it. <laughs> uh, but, you know, know, I, I didn't—I didn't actively seek it. Yeah, but, but I was. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would have. You know, at that point, like I said, full of piss and vinegar. You know, if it would have got, if I'd have got it, uh, I'd have just got it. it I wouldn't have cared. But, but uh, this was my freshman year, so I had a lot of those like hundred roster classes at LSU. Like I, like oh, I, yeah. I had some of those major like Gen Ed intro classes. So I had like hundreds of people and dozens of people in my classes. So. I just remember being very aware of that. But I yeah, think we're gonna wrap the up. Giant auditoriums. Yeah, I think we're gonna wrap up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think we're going to wrap up 2009, Pup. Did you have anything you wanted to add before we moved on to your 1999 uh, rundown? Uh, the, really, the only other thing I think uh, would probably be the uh, the movie Avatar came out. Oh. And that it was just recently beaten at the box office by Avengers Endgame. Yeah, I mean, Avatar, now currently owned by Disney, got dethroned by a Disney movie. But it's you know what it's pretty simple it's pretty fitting that I forgot about Avatar because I forget about Avatar on the regular because that movie is trash and all that's a hill I'm ready to die on that movie is the it is so like if you bypass the spectacle which kind of you know at the time was a big deal and but if you get through the spectacle or if you're watching it on a regular ass TV that movie is boring as fuck and very uninteresting. But well, my thing with it is that. Avatar was basically dances with wolves yeah. on an alien planet. Yeah, that's it. It was if so unoriginal. Movie, it was so unoriginal. Seen this movie. It's boring. It's. Uh, I, I I really but don't like worry, said, Pup, as, but don't worry. Aside from the visuals, but yeah, yeah the story story wise, it was bland as shit. But visuals were great. 
Yeah, and I mean, technology, cool. Like, we wouldn't be where we're at now with, with an end game without Avatar. But, but don't worry, pup. We have four or five more Avatar sequels coming down the pike. So it's like, oh boy. Hey. Oh boy. Uh, yeah, that just, yeah, give James Cameron a nice hearty handshake. And thank you, sir. <laughs> you fucker. <laughs> uh, you know what? That was such an interesting year as far as, like, uh, movies. Uh, I know we said we were going to wrap up, but I did want to mention that, like, like that was also the year that, at the Oscars, that Dark the Dark Knight got screwed over. Like, Heath Ledger won an Oscar, but Dark Knight... Dark Knight was the best movie of 2008. Like, I don't care what anyone says. It was better than Slumdog Millionaire. It was better than Benjamin Button. It was better than Frost Nixon. It was better than The Reader. I'm sorry. That was the best movie of the year. And it got screwed because they had to. They only had five openings, and they would not give for best picture. They would not give Dark Knight a slot. So basically, the year after that, because people complained and thought it was outrageous, they expanded it to like eight movies, and then they expanded it to ten movies, which is ridiculous. But uh, yeah, I remember that happened. So Academy Awards, yeah. fuck them. Yeah, um, and that's, that's why I don't watch the Academy Awards or you know anything like that because you know I don't need to watch an award show to watch have people from Hollywood give other people accolades for stuff that is in my mind mediocre but that's, that's just me anyway so let's uh, let's wrap 2009 up and let's move on to 1999 I'm really excited to hear what you have to say man uh, I'll do my best not to interrupt to talk over you but yeah take it away pup <laughs> alright well we'll run through first just to kind of give you an idea uh, average cost of a new house was 131750 bucks. ooh nice yeah not bad actually uh, average income per year was forty thousand eight ten. Okay. Uh, gallon of gas was a dollar twenty two. Okay, I remember those. So, I remember those days. I remember I'll, those. I, we need to kind of get back to that. I really wish we need to get back to that. That would be nice. Oh, <laughs> uh, right, we had postage stamps were thirty three cents. Okay. Yes. And a couple other things too. That uh, this was some of the stuff from my my pod, but. The, a brand new five disc CD changer, which was state of the art back in that, yeah. <laughs> one hundred and forty nine bucks. A uh, single disc DVD player. This wasn't HD DVD. This was just regular, straight up DVD. Yeah, was three forty nine. Yeah, I remember. We didn't get ours until three hundred fifty bucks for a DVD player. I think my mom. We got our first DVD player like in oh one, and I think it was like one hundred fifty bucks, and it was a cheapy yeah. Charlie ass like. DVD player. I remember that. Yeah. Wow. Yep. And then it had the uh, the mini tape camcorders. The ones with the little, the little kind of half size VHS VHS tapes. Yeah. Uh, Three twenty nine for one of those. Whew. So we had that. Uh, notable births for that month. Lil Nas X. That's what's up. So still have not heard that damn song he's famous for but okay it's not your cup i'll just tell you now pub knowing your music you you, you it's not your cup of tea man i'll be honest yeah, with you. Oh, i, I could <laughs> look at his name that is not my type of music <laughs> i like it though i really like it but anyway yeah, I mean, i'm not saying it's not bad i'm just saying I, I probably wouldn't enjoy it yeah sure um we had uh ellie downey a british gymnast and probably somebody me and you are both uh keen on Harley Quinn Smith. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kevin Smith was born in, in 1999. Yeah, man. I uh, 
I'm really looking forward to Jay and Silent Bob strike back or reboot that's coming out. I'm, I'm actually going oh, to a show. I can't wait for the reboot. That's gonna be awesome. I'm going to a live showing of it, and Kevin Smith and Jay Muse are gonna be there. They're coming to Austin. I'm going to one of those shows. I'm really looking forward to it. But yeah, yeah, man, that's gonna, that's gonna be awesome, dude. Yeah, I've never seen them in person, so like, I'm really, really excited. Without for anyone not aware, without Kevin Smith, I would not be doing. We would not be on this podcast right now, pub. So anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I think we just we discussed that on mine yeah. uh, a while back. But yeah, uh, went through. Let's see. Uh, notable, we had a few people pass. Gene Siskel, yeah, famous, famous critic. Uh, Roger Ebert still. I think he's still going, didn't he? No, Roger Ebert passed. Oh, he did. Earlier this decade, uh, RogerEbert.com is still going strong. I think Richard Roper, his his replacement for Siskel, is running it. Uh, but yeah, Roger Ebert. He died of like throat cancer. I think it was like like, like twenty thirteen. I want to say I could be wrong, but he was like he was yeah. He died. He's passed away. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 I knew he lived. I knew he he lived. Outlived Gene Siskel. I knew that. I just didn't know when he passed. Yeah. Um, Stanley Kubrick, the director and producer, passed yeah. in ninety nine. Joe DiMaggio, good old baseball player who shagged Marilyn Monroe. Married Marilyn Monroe, actually. Uh, he passed in 1999. JFK Jr., his wife Carolyn Bissett. Yeah, I remember that on that plane crash. Little plane crash. And, of course, if we get into basketball, Wilt the Stilt Chamberlain probably laid more wood than anybody I know. <laughs> claim, claim that it was 10,000 strong. And I'm like, <laughs> sure, I believe it. The 70s were a wild I, time, I man. I believe it. <laughs> Look. I, I would not doubt that at all, at all. Anyway, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Uh, moving on, uh, some notable things that happened around that time. We actually had a couple of new, a uh, couple of new words that came into the lexicon. Okay. Blog, Blog was first introduced, and this was the, these are words that were introduced into the dictionary that year. Uh, so, blog, carbon footprint. Mm-hmm. So thank, thank you, Al Gore, creator of the internet. Um, super cereal, man bear <laughs> super pig. Super cereal, man bear yeah. pig. Uh, texting and vape are were all. Are you shitting me? Vape was around. Vape was apparently around back in '99, man. And it only took 20 years for it to like die, or hopefully start to die. Oh, uh, no telling. I I don't put none past nobody, dude. Yeah. Don't underestimate the power of stupid people in large groups. Okay. <laughs> I mean, so, I, I concur. <laughs> <laughs> so, but they had a few few notable things happen in 99. We had the euro was actually created okay. in 1999. So we did not have a centralized currency for the European Union until 1999. Mm-hmm. So we had that. Uh, the Dow Jones cl- uh, closed above 10,000 for the first time ever. Okay. So that was good news for all, and it's it's going up now, but it's going up and down. So I say, uh, stock market is what it is, man. I uh, I think they all playing with fake money, but that's just me. So. It's just the it's just the <laughs> fanciest, nicest casino in the world. So pretty much, yeah. Uh, Lance Armstrong won his first Tour de France. <laughs> what? So you, I'm not sure if he. Yeah, I'm not sure what the uh, the ball count on that one was. <laughs> <What> <laughs> oh was God, that came later. What was but, the uh, juice volume? How about that, huh? 
Yeah, yeah, that might be the yeah. Let's see. We had Jesse Ventura. Jesse the Body Ventura <laughs> sworn in as governor of Minnesota. Minnesota. Oh man, what a wild so, time! <laughs> yeah, only in Minnesota, man. That, that probably could have only happened. In or Florida. He could have done it in Florida as well. But that's... it's possible he could have did it in Florida. I mean, they got a lot of the villages down there, so yeah, it's possible that he could have made made some uh, made some moves down that way. Uh, let's see. We had SpongeBob SquarePants made its premiere on TV. Yep. So SpongeBob has been on since 1999, man. And I would say it's given us not only some of the funniest content as far as television is concerned, but it also has given us some of the funniest memes of all time as well. Oh, yeah. Like... I think the, the memes probably are better than the show itself. That's a... Great, that, the show's not bad. Yeah. Even though it has been proven to make you stupider <laughs> by watching it. But, uh, yeah, it's... It, the TV's not bad. I mean, it's good for laughs, but the memes are going to live on forever. Forever and ever. Whether or not it's an infamy or not, you know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also had Wi-Fi made its introduction into the world in 1999. So, Jeez. Yeah, back at the wireless B standard. So, yeah, that was a long, long time ago. Uh, Microsoft introduced the first optical mouse. So the first mouse that did not have that little rubber ball in it. Yeah. That would always pick up the hair and nasty shit that you had to clean out every t- every week. If you cleaned it out at all. <laughs> if you cleaned, exactly. If you, and if you didn't and it stopped working and you couldn't figure out why, you turned it over and looked like a cat got stuck in there. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, that was the, the first optical mouse was introduced in 1999. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, this one probably, you probably had one of these. I did not have this particular game system, but Sega introduced the Dreamcast. I absolutely did. And it's funny you mentioned that. Guess who bought that Dreamcast for me and my brother? Oh, really? He, he, that's how he tried to get us to love him. He tried to buy our love, which was how he, his parents treated him. So, you know, it's only natural. Uh, but yeah, Yeah. I had a Dreamcast. I love, I didn't like the controller of the Dreamcast, but I actually loved I'm. I love that dream. I love my Dreamcast so much, but it's a shame that it didn't work out. Yeah, the a lot of the games on Dreamcast were real would would go on to be iconic franchises. Yeah, they really were. But I think, like I said, just the 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 type of game system it was, it was, it kind of limited itself, and that controller was horrible. Yeah, it's a pretty bad controller, but it was doing a lot of like pioneering things. Like it was doing, it was dabbling with some online stuff even before the PS2. And it, oh man, those were some good times. I, I was so sad. I was so sad to have to get to like give away or throw away. I don't remember what I did with it, but we we got rid of it. But uh, a lot of fun spent on a Dreamcast. Anyway, yeah, uh, actually, believe it or not, that uh, that Retro Pie build that I did on my podcast. Yeah, if you find. ROMs for that uh, for those games, mm-hmm. and you can find a USB Dreamcast controller. You can play Dreamcast games on there. Oh wow! Besides Super Nintendo, regular Nintendo sixty four, you know Game Boy, all of that stuff, you can play all those games on there. Mm, cool. Oh yeah, very cool. So, but yeah, I, I, I thought about that. I was like, yeah, they, they, I think they do have USB controllers for that. So, you know, later on, if you want to. Jump on that and go for it. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, let's see. What else we had? Probably, let's see. 
one of the biggest news stories in 99 was kind of early in the year. And that was when Bill Clinton was acquitted for perjury. And I was dealing with the Monica Lewinsky scandal. Yeah. Before we go any further, Pup, why don't you give us a little background? Where were you in 1999? I was... I was nine years old. I was a I was a wee lad. But uh, where were you at though in 1999? 99. I was a junior in high school. I didn't graduate till 2000, so I was a junior in high school. So what? Like I know you've already started going through your rundown, but what do you remember? Like what was the vibe back then? What do you think? What, what was your what was going on in your life? What was your big? Th- were you were aware of a lot of these things that were going on. What was the feel back then? If you could, I guess, indulge the listeners. Uh, the what I can remember. Because I mean, this was pre-smartphone. This was pre- yeah. This was yeah. This was pre-smartphone. Social this media. Pre, yeah. Pre yeah. This was pre everything. I mean, we you did have dial-up internet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah buddy, we did. So if you if you were lucky enough to have AOL. Um, I mean, this was pre-streaming services. This was, yeah, this was pre-pretty much everything. This know? was like right at the last cusp of that. Yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm, I'm gonna get into to the the dial-up stuff here in a little bit too. But yeah. Um, but yeah, for the most part, I mean, you really, I mean, it was uh, to for me, it was a lot simpler. Absolutely, because yeah. you really you weren't bombarded with information twenty four hours a day. Yeah. You know, I mean, granted, I love having a smartphone. I love having the the power of the internet right in the palm of my hand. You know, I'm a tech guy. I have all of this stuff. You know, I'm a, you know, I have a completely insane setup here. But, you know, I, I do like the fact that, you know, back then, you didn't have that. Yeah. You know, if you wanted to know about something, you could go on the internet and find it. There wasn't as much yeah, you know, I mean, the, the internet was very limited back then. You know, the the biggest thing that you had was your local news and the newspapers. That was the big things, and you know, believe it or not, the the local news stuff they didn't have at well, at that time. I think Fox News had just been created, so between them and CNN, I don't. There wasn't an MSNBC yet. Yeah. I'm not sure if there was a CNBC yet. I don't believe there was. So there was really only two news outlets that were, you know, that had any kind of news 24 hours a day. And most people really didn't even watch that. Yeah. We trusted the local news more than we did the national news, you know? It's also funny that, like, this was, like, I was I was, I was still a child at that time as well, but, like, this was pre-9-11, so, like, Airports were different. Security was different. Like public, oh, yeah. like like public events were different. Like uh, you could walk up. Like you could like back in that day, you could like walk up to the gate with someone. You didn't have to like stay behind security. I mean, all this shit. It's like it's we talk about it like it's some bygone era. And I'll let you get back to it. I just, I it's amazing thinking back like how fundamentally different life was back then, and it was only twenty years ago. That's insane. Yeah, it was a lot easier in in some ways, and in some ways it was harder. You know, I mean, it, it really was. So, I mean, it's it just kind of you took the good with the bad. You know, I think people were a lot more trusting. Yeah. You know, we had, a, especially you know with stuff like that. You know, especially in the airports, like you said. You know, we. Uh, you know, my dad would fly out for work. Yeah, we went. We took him all the way to the gate. 
You know, <laughs> you know it, we, there was no issue at all. Yeah, I mean, you see you that know, you nothing. see that in movie. The only thing you didn't need is like to get on the plane. Yeah, you need a ticket. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you got a ticket? No, you can't go on. That, that was basically it. You yeah, know? I mean, you see that in, old, in older movies. Like, people, it's the cliche where, like, the the love, the main character is sprinting towards the gate to stop his love from getting on the plane or some shit. It's like, yeah, that, that that's not how that works anymore. Like, you can't just do that. You can't yeah, just do yeah, that. It's a hassle. You travel now, TSA is going to tackle you and tase you. Yeah, and it's going to take 30 <laughs> minutes to get there. So, uh, anyway, please continue, continue. So, okay, along with that, uh, if I want to get kind of into the uh, into that, that internet site side of things, the uh, internet was was kind of getting getting bigger at mm-hmm. that point. We did have AOL, we had dial-up internet, uh, there was, I think, Earthlink was another one. Oh another my provider. god, Earthlink. Uh, oh yeah, dude. <laughs> so, so yeah, there was, uh, yeah, whenever, instead of just double clicking a browser and having it you actually had to dial a phone line with a modem and have it make all kind of crazy ass noise and connect just like a fax machine before you could do it and believe it or not you still they still have dial-up carriers out there that's insane even today there's still dial-up carriers they're like three bucks a month but yeah there are dial-up carriers out there um but probably the most infamous internet story of 90 of 99 was Napster. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had Napster. Even at nine years yeah. old, I had... <laughs> well, if, if, and Napster was... It was a peer-to-peer file-sharing service. Yeah. It started in 99, and it was... It pretty much... It, it started on college campuses. Yeah. Whenever... And it got really, really big because most of the college campuses at that point had broadband. Yeah. Nobody else had broadband. But if you were on a college campus, you had broadband. You could get... 10 meg internet you know so when they find out hey we can share these we can share all this music so on college campuses they would eat up all the bandwidth at night on a campus just downloading music and burning cds and stuff like that so within three years napster was created and basically was shut down because they had the opportunity to stop the file sharing, you know, with the copyright infringement. Yes. But they did not. So the uh, FCC held them liable, and that's what basically made them shut down. And believe it or not, Napster is still alive today. Yeah, it's a streaming service now, right? Yeah, it was actually, well, uh, after it shut down, it was bought by Roxio. And I don't know if you uh, had a desktop around the uh, late 90s or you know early 2000s yeah we did you I probably think we had running... Roxio CD Creator okay yeah they, that's the company that bought them I think did, was them. was XP around at this point or did XP come out and Microsoft XP come out 2000 and 2001 uh, XP I think was 2001 I believe okay so we had I think we were still rocking were we we were rocking 98 I think we were rocking 98 at this point yeah probably 98 yeah, yeah right, that was yeah. probably what most people were yeah so, but yeah, they, uh, so Roxio bought out the, and they, they didn't buy out the entire company. They just basically bought the logo and the name. Yeah. <laughs> just to hold it. Yeah. And they held on to it for like eight years. Yeah. And after that, they, uh, whenever Roxio started to liquidate stuff, it, the, they sold the rights and everything to Best Buy. 
Yes. And Best Buy had their own streaming service. It was called Rhapsody. Yeah. And what they did was Best Buy bought the Napster name and then rolled Rhapsody into Napster, and then now it's just using the Napster I'm name. Very vaguely, I'm vaguely aware of all of these things. I remember Rhapsody. <laughs> I do remember Rhapsody. I do remember that. Yeah. So all of that, like I say, all that happened after '99, but. Napster itself was created in '99, and and you could we could do a whole episode. If you didn't have Napster and you didn't download yeah. music at that point, you probably weren't living because that was that's what everybody was doing. Yeah, and we could but, do a whole uh, episode you just have, you on. You might not use that program, but you probably you might. Uh, they got I got a list of a couple other ones too. So, uh, LimeWire. Yeah, had that. Uh, Kaza. Had that. I was Nutella. I was called a Kaza, but yeah, Kaza. Yeah. Yeah, and Nutella and Audio Galaxy. We could do we could do a whole episode just on Napster on how like they like I think they offered the music industry or like some companies some record companies like hey man you should buy us and they were like nah fuck y'all y'all are we we don't fear y'all and then the, the it like slowly started to undo the sales for like the entire music industry and that's when the record label started suing they weren't worried about think, them until yeah, they, I think that's how I think they started like whenever the FCC first came to them and said you know y'all need to stop because of all of this copyright material and everything I think they they tried to go to some of these record companies and say hey you know buy us and we can distribute just your music yeah but nobody bought it. Yeah. You know, nobody wanted to go that route. So that's whenever all hell broke loose. Yeah. So. <laughs> and now we're here. And now you can literally, like, download music illegally. At, like, Still. <laughs> to, with, like, in less than 30 seconds. It's crazy. But yeah, anyway. well, you, st- you still can. But the thing about Napster, too, was not, not only did they come and go really fast and everything, but. They got the conversation started. Yeah. They were the ones that got the conversation started on streaming services, how to pay artists for digital music, and you know they pretty much started that digital music revolution. So they are they are the nexus of that. Yeah, and then you they kind of like iTunes, like Apple iTunes, kind of uh, took a lot from Napster and elite and, and like peer to peer illegal stuff. Like people were just downloading songs at a time, like customers were fed up with buying whole albums like they're like i don't need the whole album i just want this one song and like they went on napster and these in these illegal downloading uh programs and were like i just want this one song and i want to be able to mix and match my songs create playlists to burn on a dd and make a, like a, a pretty fancy uh mixtape or mix cd or whatever and so apple was like yeah let's just sell one song at a time like that's stupid that's that was hurting that was a big thing that was a kind of a bubble for the music industry was like customers didn't want to buy whole albums anymore they were like why do we have to take a risk on 15 bad songs and maybe hopefully one or two good songs so it's fascinating again we could do a whole we could do a whole topic on that but please continue sir okay uh all right and i'm gonna say the uh probably the biggest thing uh for that year because i know that's the one you wanted me to kind of run through okay i'm gonna save that for last but uh just to run through just a couple of notable movies real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matrix. Oh, God. 99. Did Fight you? Club. Yeah. Sixth Sense. Oh, God. The Abomination that was Star Wars Episode One. Yeah. Yes, I said it. Because that movie was awful. Yeah. Office Space, Dogma. Yeah. And Varsity Blues. <laughs> we, uh... Actually, I can't remember what episode is off the top of my head, but I think it was earlier this year. 
uh, Ben and I did an episode on 1999 and how it was one of the most incredible years for movies. So if you want to hear about if anyone listening wants to hear a little bit more about it, me and Ben did a whole top. We literally did almost I think almost two hours on just that year in movies. Like we talked about The Matrix, we talked about Fight Club, we talked about Phantom Menace. Uh, we talked about all of those. It was such a that was such a good year for movies, pop. Like looking yeah, back, I, I, like I said, the list I got that's not even all of them, but that yeah. was just the the highlights, you know, of, of those that I got. And I mean, this yeah, ninety nine was a really really good year for movies. It was episode fifty three, by the way. This is episode sixty six, I believe. So yeah, that was a that was earlier this year. So okay. Oh no, that uh, was that was last year. We did it last year. I'm sorry. Okay. And then uh, just a few notable uh, music uh, tracks. Living La Vida Loca uh, oh, came up. Uh, oh, yeah, I know. I the, know. Latin, the Latin explosion into pop music, yeah. yeah. Oh, God, yeah, I know. Um, oh, my God. We were introduced to Christina Aguilera. Uh, Christina Aguilera, sorry, with yeah. uh, Jimmy in a Bottle. Terrible song, but anyway. Yeah, it was a terrible song, but... Uh, we had All Star by Smash Mouth, which was played pretty much on repeat on damn near every pop station I know of. Think, that about, think about how much money that oh one song has made those four or five individuals. I don't know exactly how many members yeah, are in that, Smash Mouth. But. That, that one song has pretty much let them keep touring because they don't really need to make any other money. They can just, they can just hang off of royalties on that one damn song. Bro, the... The drummer's great grandkids will never have to work a day in their life. That's that's how <laughs> people listen. That is how big and how much money that song has made those those men or those individuals. So, oh yeah, Fuck that uh, song. Well, actually, the, the next one I got is probably just as bad. My okay. vote number five, Lou Bega. Okay, it's bad. <laughs> but as a kid, like I was, you got to keep in mind I was nine at this time. At this point in time, I was. In third grade? Yeah, third grade. I, I fucked with that song. I liked, actually, I liked All Star a lot, but yeah, I have to agree with Pup. My God, they played Living La Vida Loca, fucking Mambo Number no. 5, like, All Star. They played it all the fucking time. All the goddamn time. Oh, there, to this day, there is still not a wedding reception that happens, at least in Louisiana, without. Mambo number five being played at least at some point. I would say I would expand that to the entire Western world, but yeah. I would, yeah, I would, yeah, yeah. I, well, I was being conservative as being in you know, just Louisiana, and, and people have to realize yeah, like I'll, all I'll, we had. I would assume probably yeah. Yeah, most of the United States and people like we all we had was the radio. Like that's all we had for music. Like we we you could buy CDs, you could buy things, but like most people listen to their music on the radio. Like that was the thing, and it's like. Oh my god, you couldn't this, listen to a pop music thing when I listened to that. Yeah. At, at this point in time, they still had a lot of people that couldn't afford CD players or CD burners, so they couldn't, even yeah. if they didn't happen to download tracks, you couldn't burn them to a CD yourself. Yeah. So there was really the only way, if you wanted to do a mixed tape, you actually had to do a mixed cassette tape, listen to it off the radio like the old days, and record it straight off the radio. That found, that sounds like fucking doing math with an abacus right there. That's what that sounds like, Pub. Oh, my God. That, basically, it is. It is. It, and you had to try to... The, the worst one was if all the songs... And I'm saying this from experience. You, you make your tape, okay? Everything is great. You got one song left that you need to do. Oh, and man. the DJ won't shut the fuck up and play, 
and while the song started. So you have him saying his stupid spiel <laughs> for the first 15 seconds of the fucking oh song. Oh my god. And then after that, it plays out. But all of the rest of them are basically clean songs. But you got that one that the one DJ doesn't <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> Because he has to have his 15 seconds of fame, goddammit. So, <sighs> that was the most frustrating thing. And they wonder Dude, why, radio, oh why radio has declined steadily over the past two decades. Ugh. Oh, anyway, God. Anyway, I think we, All right, no, think that, we, we touched a nerve much. there with Pup, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, my, uh, yeah my, <laughs> my nerves are now gone. Well, the little I had. Yeah. So, we'll run through... Uh, the last thing that I got and we really couldn't talk about 1999 without talking about Y2K. Yes. Yes. What do you remember about Y2K? I remember hearing a lot about it, not being really aware of like how crazy people were going about it, but I just remember like, I really, like we had a desktop. I think we had a Dell or like a gateway was gate gateway was a was gateway who 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 had the cow gateway gateway was around ninety nine two thousand yeah so, like so yeah, the gateway it was brand new gateway was a really yeah new company at that so point. like I said I think we were on Windows ninety eight at the time I think my mom we had bought a gateway desktop oh god that sounds like kids listening to this will probably be like what the fuck is gateway De- what's a desktop anyway anyway. Uh, <laughs> I just remember asking my mom about it. I was like, Mom, what's Y2K? She's like, she explained it to me. And I go, how do we know if our computer's going to get messed up or not? So she goes, okay, go to the little thing right there. Change the date to like January 1, 2000. Select that. I did it. It, The computer was still working. She goes, there, we're fine. I'm like, oh, good. I'm glad to hear that. And then I went about my life. Again, I was nine years old. I just remember, I remember a lot of people freaking out. But it was also the end of the millennium. So that was really the bigger thing. It felt like Y2K was kind of people were freaking out earlier in the year, but then right as like you know New Year's was coming, people were just celebrating like it was the end of millennium. Like I don't know, man. I guess it is around like that time people were like, "Oh, the world's gonna end, and Y2K is gonna do it." It's like, eh, it turned out uh, all right. I think, I think pretty much any time this is the end of a decade, yeah, that there's. For some reason, the full moon comes out, and there's more crazies that come out and start screaming, "Yeah, the world's gonna end!" Blah 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 blah. I have to admit, low, like know? I have to admit that uh, I know we're talking about two thousand. We're talking about nineteen ninety nine right now, but I have to say, someone phrased it to me the other day. I saw this online that like we have ninety days left of this decade. I was like, "Oh shit, that's right." Fuck. Oh my yeah. god. It made me like start getting very like <laughs> reviewing this decade. I'm like, "Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right." But yeah, so th- I think there's something to what you just said. So what? So what do you remember as a junior, as almost a, as almost an adult pup, as a young man? What What do you remember at Y two K? I remember they had a, a lot of the news programs were using, you know, they they kind of around that summer they usually they started kind of with the, you know, this Y two K thing. It could be a really big problem and blah 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 blah. You know, they kind of started up with the doom and gloom kind of thing. Yeah. And right around usually by September. I think, you know, kind of toward the end of the year is when they were ratcheting, ratcheting it up and saying, you know, like, you know, if your computer's not fixed by this, it's going to crash and blah, 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 blah. But, you know, the, at this point, my dad was, um, he actually worked in IT also. So, you okay. know, I kind of followed him, but he, he kind of had the inside track because he had to have 
you know, his, he worked in an oil refinery. So mm-hmm. you, they need to make sure they're working. Yeah, so definitely. any fix that they were, they were getting, you know, we'd get at the house. So, so I really wasn't too worried about it, to be honest. But nobody really actually did a really good job uh, that I know of explaining what the hell it was. Because all they just said is that it was a problem and it was going to cause computers to crash and blah, blah, blah. And people's imaginations just ran wild, yeah. They never explained why. Yeah. And whenever you, when you hear the reason, it's like, really? That's it? That was the whole thing? And you wonder why everybody was freaking the fuck out. But anyway, the reason why is because pretty much from the 70s, whenever computer programs were written, all the way up until the late 90s, you know, up until well, pretty much right about that time, all of the, if you're program had anything to do with a date they would only use a two number format so it would only be in either like if it was if the date was like 86 it would just use 86 it didn't say 1986 it didn't say 2086 so that was the whole y2k bug the y2k bug was that if you had something that pulled a query or you know anything like that use it especially database stuff was really bad about it yeah but if you had a anything that needed time and date that had time and date stamps that required that input to be able to you know, to function, whenever it went to double zero, instead of going to the year two thousand, it would revert back to nineteen hundred. Yeah, which was you know it was, the software would basically think, okay, this is before I was written, this isn't going to work, and the software wouldn't work. Yeah, so that was basically the book. That's it. That's, That's the it. long and short of it right there. That's the long and short of the Y2K bug. Yeah. And uh, if you had a Windows machine, they put out update an update patch that you could download and yeah. install. And most computers that went through, even a lot of the database systems and stuff, they got ahead of it far enough Yeah, to that's where... what I wanted to mention, the fact that like everyone was freaking out in 1999. But from what I've heard and what I've read over the years, like they were warning about this in the 80s. Like They were on top of this. They were like, we should probably get ahead of this because there are several systems, like government systems and like shit that needs to get – So like there were, people were – this didn't sure spring up on people. Some people that were talking about it, yeah. yeah. It wouldn't surprise me, yeah. and it would, you know. But that—that that was the big thing. Was you know they had to wait. If you if you know they came out with a lot of software patches, most stuff that they came up with, and they everything got patched pretty much before anything happened. I think if I remember right, there was only like five computer systems that went down after uh after the new year and. They weren't really, you know, critical systems or anything like that. So what you're telling me is... Nothing financial, nothing, you know, anything like that. It was just, you know, uh, it was a handful of systems that went down that weren't patched. So what you're telling me is, spoiler alert, the world didn't end. Yeah, yeah, we're still here. We're still spinning. For better or for worse. (laughs) (laughs) So, but yeah, but basically all the patch did was just take the two-date format and turn it into a four-date yeah, I mean, you don't that's have to. Yeah, that's not that hard of a fix. Like, that's that's pretty straightforward, right, pup? You would think, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, it, this that blew up really, really, really bad, like, and they, they made it seem a lot worse than what it what it actually was. You know, I'm sure there's probably apps and programs right now that are on the App Store and on Google Play that probably have worse coding mistakes than that. Yeah, that get fixed with a patch. 
Yeah, you know? and people were <laughs> buying. I just, this was a yeah. six-month span of just constant bitching, basically, by everybody. You know, is is kind of weird to me. But as soon as as soon as doomsday bunkers come into the picture, then we've reached we've reached like okay, we need to like step back, step step back. Calm down. Take a breather, everybody. Relax. All right, relax. Do as soon as Doomsday Bunkers like are are starting to get like purchased. You're like, okay, we might be going a little too far with this shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, oh, but I think the bunkers had more to do with the millennium than it yeah, did with yeah. the game. Yeah, that probably didn't help matters any. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Wild times. So, but yeah, man, that's that was why two K in a nutshell. Yeah. It's, uh, it's so weird. Like, I don't think kids these days, I don't think they would, like, they would, like, legitimate be like, is that y'all were worried? Like, yeah, that was, y'all were worried about that? Like, that was actually, like, dominating the news? Be like, yeah. Even at my young age, pup, I was very aware that, like, oh, people think the world's gonna end. I hope it doesn't. I've been told it's not, but I hope it doesn't. So, yeah. Why? Well, I mean, and like I said, that was. Really and truly, that was kind of the first big yeah. computer bug, you yeah. know, as far as you know, programming goes. That they that was that widespread. Yeah. So I mean, it they kind of made it out to be a lot bigger deal than it really was. Yeah. But you know, nowadays, like I said, there there's so much stuff out there that's coded worse than that, that has more problems than that, and that's not on the news. Yeah, exactly. You know. <laughs> It is what it is, but, you know, like I say, kids today won't know that because they're so used to working with buggy software and, you know, finding workarounds and everything like that that it's just not a big deal anymore. Yeah, and downloading patches regularly, so, yeah, they don't. Exactly. Yeah. You know, that, it's the update culture, man. They just, yeah, we got to update the, the, the newest patch. So do you have anything else for 1999? Any, any... I do believe that's all I had. Okay. So if we want to... Back it up another ten. Yeah, let's go to nineteen eighty nine. We can uh, we can definitely back that back that thing up uh, another ten years, and I'll hand it back to you and maybe put in a two, couple of two cents every now and then. But, okay. Yeah. So before we get started, this was before I was born. I was born January nineteen ninety. I will be turning thirty in January for anyone who did the math, uh, which is wild because pup because pup you knew me at the beginning of my twenties. <laughs> Yeah. Now you're gonna know me in my thirties. That's so wild. Uh, but so, pup, what were you? You were a young man in this time. Where were you? Were you were a young pup, like literally seven. a young pup? Yes, I was. I was seven years old at this point. So, so do you, I was still. Yeah. I was still in. Uh, I was still in grade school, mm-hmm. and basically, grade school playing baseball during the summer. Yeah, you know the the regular. The regular kid thing, man. Not just, <laughs> but yeah, all of seven years old. So yeah, I was I was definitely a young pup at that point. It was simpler times, man. Like very simpler times, right? Very much so. It was pretty much school, baseball, school again for a little while, and then you wait for the Sears Wishbook catalog to come in so you can see what kind of cool stuff you can ask Santa for for Christmas. That's what's up. Okay, <laughs> so let's go through. Okay, so. I'm going to start with famous deaths and famous births like you did. Uh, we were kind of on the same wavelength there, even though we didn't coordinate that. But anyway. Great minds, man. Great minds. Let's talk about famous deaths. I'm very sad about some of these. Other, not so much. Uh, Lucille Ball died in 1989. Um, yeah, Lucy. 
Um, had a great life. Uh, one that's really close to your to yours and my heart, Clark. Mel Blanc died in 1989. Yeah, boy, man of a thousand voices, and pretty much all our childhoods. Yeah, the Godfather of voice <laughs> acting, basically. Like He's everyone, the Godfather of voice acting. If there was a Mount Rushmore of voice acting, Mel Mel Blanc would be easy first spot, second spot on that list. Yeah, uh, there, there's a there was a video I saw on Facebook a while back. Yeah, and it was actually Hank Azaria, uh, voice actor for, from The Simpsons, and he does a, a few others too, but he mainly uh, does stuff on The Simpsons. Yeah, but he was talking about Mel Blanc and how in The Simpsons booth they were trying to do some of the things that he did, like when he was using one of his characters to do an impersonation of another character, and then have to switch back doing the original doing that i mean just he said that was something that none of the other people that worked on the simpsons could do they tried it but they could not do it yeah he was a phenomenal i think i think it's him and probably frank welker are like top two probably like voice actors i put him him frank and probably maurice lamarche yeah was a close third okay Okay, so more on the death uh, list, I guess, which sounds horrible, but we're going to go with it. Uh, Gilda Radner, who was big on yep. SNL, wife of Gene Wilder, uh, hilarious, hilarious woman. Uh, Sir Lawrence Olivier, the great Sir Lawrence Olivier. Um, Graham Chapman, one of the members of Monty Python. He was the lead. He played King Arthur and Holy Grail. For people who've seen that movie, if you haven't, what are you doing with your life? And he was also Brian in The Life of Brian. Irving Berlin, uh, Sugar Ray Robinson, the boxer, uh, Salvador yep. Dali, and lastly, kind of glad he's dead, Ayatollah Khomeini. He's all he also died in 1989. <laughs> he was the Ayatollah of Iran, so I'm not weeping for that motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, sad part is he was the one that actually kind of we got along with a little bit more than the one that is was there after him. So yeah, we had an understanding. The one after him was even more of a complete ass. Yeah, we had an understanding. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah. let's talk about some famous births. Now, this one's pretty obvious because she released an album literally titled 1989. Taylor Swift was born this year. We also have Chris Brown, who's also a musician and known... Ab- uh, wife beater. <laughs> wife be- not wife beater, but definitely spousal abuse, domestic abuser. Uh Daniel Radcliffe, the actor who played Harry Potter. Alex Morgan, world uh, Olympic Olympic champion, World Cup champion, and all around American heroine. Alex Morgan. Uh, she plays uh, soccer for U.S. soccer, U.S. women's soccer. Joe Jonas, one of the Jonas Brothers, uh, the middle one, and uh, PewDiePie was also born in 1989. So didn't realize. Oh, I thought he was younger than me, honestly, but now I'm like, wow, he's older than me. Wow, cool, good for him. Yeah, I got I got a couple other ones on here that I don't know if you got on here or not. Okay, go ahead. Um, Kelly Marie, Kelly Marie Tran from uh, Star Wars. Oh, the new, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Trilogy. Rose Tiku, yeah. So she was Elizabeth Olsen. Um, oh, yes. Wanda, Wanda Maximoff from the, the Marvel DC. Uh, uh, Marvel Scarlet Universe. Witch, yeah. Scarlet Witch. Uh, Anton Yelchin from um, uh, the new Star Trek. He played Chekhov. The late Anton Yelchin died way too young. Yes. Yeah. A couple of years ago, actually, wasn't it? In a horrible, horrible accident, yes. It was a weird accident is what it was. Yeah. But uh, I got him, and the other two that I got is Anthony Rizzo, just because I'm a Cubs fan, okay. and Christopher Mintz Plass uh, from Kick-Ass. He was McLovin in Superbad, and he's also in uh, How to Train Your Dragon. Yeah, okay. 
I, 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 I must have overlooked them. Anyway, so let's talk about movies. I, 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 you know me, man. I'm a big movie buff. So let's talk about some pretty interesting movies that came out in I mean, 19... I didn't actually look up. I didn't look up movies and TVs for 89. Okay. So I'm kind of interested to see what you got. <laughs> I got I got movies, TV, and music. So let's go. Let's do this. So let's just go through a list. Uh, I'm just going to list off a few. And if it, we're going to talk about a few big ones. We'll talk about... There's really one big one that I want to talk about with you. But we'll talk about... We'll just run these off and see if you have any thoughts about them. Okay. So, uh, When Harry Met Sally, in my opinion, the greatest rom-com of all time and an all-around great movie, When Harry Met Sally. Driving Miss Daisy, never seen it, have no real desire. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, have seen it, really dig it. I, yep, even though, man, I'm waiting on the, re- I'm waiting on the, the next one. Oh, man, I'm not sure about it, pup. I'm really like, oh, this it sounds they bad. That. They filmed some of it down here. Well, I, sure, but like I'm like... I don't know, I'm just saying. I, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be something. It'll be something. Okay, so uh, Say Anything, uh, Cameron Crowe, starring John Cusack, made famous the Peter Gabriel song In Her Eyes. In Your Eyes, I think. I'm sorry. Do the Right Thing, Spike Lee's uh, film, a, a brilliant film. I highly encourage everyone to see that. Heather's Field of Dreams, fucking great movie. Very good movie. One movie I've never seen, Weekend at Bernie's. I've never seen You've Weekend never at Bernie's. never seen Weekend at Bernie's? That's such an absurd, stupid plot for a movie that I was just like... It doesn't matter! Sure, uh, dude. It's it, it, just the crazy shenanigans that happen. Okay, it, it, everybody knows shenanigans. Okay, it, that is a movie that has nothing but shenanigans. It's it's freaking nuts. Okay, now, uh, granted, it's stupid as all get it's out. Stupid as hell. It's still left over, and it's an eighties movie. Okay, so, so it is stupid, but it is. It, it still has some good moments. Disney classic, The Little Mermaid. Really popular, really big film. Kind of kicked off the Disney renaissance that happened in the 90s. I think that and Beauty and the Beast kicked it off. So we have Roadhouse. Uh, (laughs) Patrick Swayze again. Patrick Swayze again. Parenthood, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Really, really love that movie. That's that's a childhood childhood classic, yeah. Uh, Yeah. Steel Magnolias. I never saw Steel Magnolias because I heard it has a sad ending, and I was like, I'm good. Maybe I'll get around to it. I'm not opposed to it, but I hear it's got a really sad ending, but I hear it's also hilarious. So, Yeah, most the, most of the movies are actually really funny. I've seen most of it. I've actually never seen the end. Yeah. But I've, I've walked in on my family when they were watching it, when yeah. it first came out, and everybody was tearing up a box of Kleenex. And I was like, okay, yeah. Uh, okay, so we'll, we'll pass on that. We'll have, we have Dead Poet Society. Really, really enjoy that film. It's a great Robin Williams film. Kind of has That also has a downer of an ending, so if you haven't seen that, yeah, just be careful with that one. Like, pre- prepare yourself. It was also a big year for, like, sequels. It had... Back to the Future 2, Ghostbusters 2, and Lethal Weapon 2 all came out in 1989. Something must have been in the Kool-Aid in Los Angeles, pup. It must have been, because uh, of that one, believe it or not, I think Lethal Weapon was probably the best of that of that group. I, I would say, although I love Lethal, I actually, Lethal Weapon, the quadrilogy, uh, is online. I binged watched all four in one night, because I have no life, and I love those movies. I would say, I actually like all of them. Ghostbusters 2, hot take. I actually prefer over Ghostbusters 1. But that's, you know, that's just me. But I would say Back to the Future 2 is probably the best sequel in that batch. Even though it's not like, Lethal Weapon 2 is a close second, pup. Yeah, uh, I mean, that, everybody got their own opinion. Yeah, you know? definitely, so, definitely. Now, of the, if you take Lethal Weapon as all four films, I think probably 2 is probably the low point, you know, in my opinion. Diplomatic uh, immunity. But, yeah. you know, we'll go, we'll... We'll get off of that. <laughs> okay, so uh, 
the most successful, as far as box office terms, movie of that year, which surprised me, was Indiana Jones, The Last Crusade. And it's not surprised me because that movie is, in fact, awesome, but it surprises me because it beat out the film I thought would have been the most successful film of 1989, which we're about to discuss. But how do you feel? How do you come down on the, the Indiana Jones films, Pup? Do you think, which is Raiders your favorite? Actually, I'll probably, uh, probably Crusade is probably my favorite, then okay. Raiders, then, then uh, Temple. See, I'm a Temple of Doom fan. Like, that's my favorite, which is, a, like, blasphemous to some indie fans. Uh, but Last <laughs> but we Crusade... Can, we can all agree that the fourth one was garbage. Oh, that one doesn't exist. Uh, <laughs> but uh, that the Last Crusade, I mean, Sean Connery and fucking Harrison Ford are so good in that movie. And Yeah, you, you couldn't get too much better than that. Yeah, but the film I wanted to talk to you about was... This was a big year for comic book superhero films because... Batman 1989 came out this year, pup. Like, that was the second most successful. It made about $60 million less than The Last Crusade, which, again, I thought, like, yeah, it makes sense. Spielberg, Indiana Jones, of course that's going to make a lot of money, but Batman 1989 was such a big deal as a movie that I I, I could have swore that would have been the most successful movie of the year. Pup, do you remember seeing Batman 1989? Did you see it when you were a kid or did you see it a little bit later on? I saw it a little bit later on. Okay. I can now. Granted, I can I can kind of see where you're going, but yeah, you, know, you know, Crusade did have Spielberg behind it. Yeah. So they had a little bit more name recognition. Yeah. Burton was kind of just at that point getting started. Yeah. yeah you yeah. know, so this was kind of his big break into blockbusters. You know, so yeah. You know, the, now granted, it was it was done well. I I love the movie. Yeah. I love that one. I love the you know the Batman Returns that that came out a couple of years later. Yeah. Because, you know, Keaton is a, a really good Batman. But, yeah. yeah, I did see it later on, and it's, the visual of it was pretty much nothing like anybody had ever seen before. Yeah. You know, they had so many things. It was kind of that, I mean, it was, you look back on it now, I mean, it's textbook Tim Burton, you know? Yeah. It, you know, it, it's got that weird, twisty kind of kind of thing. Everything's got those weird shades of dark to it. Yeah. You know, so it's... It, I, I can understand, you know, that that it was it wasn't quite as high as Crusade because you know Crusade had the name recognition behind it with Spielberg and Connery and all of them. So I kind of see it, but yeah, man, the, the, that one it didn't. That one got more of a cult following later on. Yeah, is it, you know it, it was more it, it wasn't big to start but it's it's just i think it's actually probably grown not more now than it has before well i wanted to talk about the fact that it kind of made the joker like the joker and i think it fit, it's fitting that the joker movie came out this year which i had problems with i i, I was a mixed bag on it pup i don't know if you've seen it yet i it's it's, it's whatever for me. That's that's a conversation for another pod. But like Jack Nicholson is so good in that movie. But it's so weird that like looking back, one of the things that was so uh, memorable about Batman '89 was the fact that it took the character so seriously. And compared to the '60s Batman, which was all camp. But looking yeah. back at it now, considering the Batman Begins, the Dark Knight, the Dark Knight Rises, even the Batman vs Superman that we've we've gotten in this decade and last decade it's so weird that like people consider that the the 89 film serious but it was like that movie is so over the top like in so many ways i actually prefer batman returns more because it's darker and it's a lot it's a lot darker which was a problem for 
uh, why it didn't make as much money as 89. But 89 was a big deal. Like, we've talked about it. Justin, my buddy Justin and I did a deep dive our first year on the history of superhero films. And that's a big, that is a big deal. This Batman 89 is a big fucking deal in that, in that genre's history. Because prior to 89, the biggest superhero film at that time was either Superman, which came out in 78, or Superman 2, which came out in 79 or 80. I can't remember. I think it's either, it's around that time period. So this was, this was the big deal. And again, it's, it's so wild to me that like, that was such groundbreaking. But looking back now, it's like, eh, it's all right. But Jack Nicholson is so good in it. And depending on how you feel about this new Joker with Joaquin Phoenix, I think, you know, Heath Ledger's still untouched. Mark Hamill's probably a close second. Then Jack, then probably Joaquin Phoenix. That's where I'm, that's where I'm at right now, Pope. Yeah, because when you watch that one and you watch Nicholson doing it, yeah, it was you didn't see Nicholson. Yeah, you know you saw Joker. He he was in it, and it was him. You know he just he took to that part so so well and so clean that I don't think really anybody besides you know Heath Ledger and. Um, Mark Hamill really can in the uh, Hamill in, in the animated universe. Yeah, but uh, I think that's pretty much what everybody tries to be. Yeah, because it's so iconic. Yeah, but you're not. Most people can't live up to that. You just can't. You know, it's just it's kind of one of them things that is one. Of, it's kind of once in a generation. Yeah, you know, kind of things. You know, it, it had it had to happen around that time. Yeah, we had. Heath Ledger, 2008, you know, so it's kind of, you know, that once in a generation, yeah, you know, jump, you know, for that, to, to have somebody that's, that absolutely nails that role. Yeah, I would agree, Michael Keaton is a great Batman, uh, he's probably, <sighs> Kevin Conroy is my Batman, but again, that's animated, but I would say of the live action, it's probably Christian Bale, but I would say, like, it was such a different time. For superhero films like there was more legitimacy and there was more like like the, the the batman movies of the 90s and 89 and the 90s were always meant to sell toys so and the dark knight trilogy was never meant to sell toys so it was taken at this level that was so much more serious but michael keaton is probably outside of like kevin conroy it's he's probably right there with christian bale for me but yeah so moving on because we've talked about Batman 89 is a big deal. I think everyone should watch it for its historical significance. I wouldn't say it's the best movie ever, but it's 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 important. Um, I did want to talk about the Oscars for a tidbit because it's one of the it's another example of why the Oscars can get it so wrong sometimes. So, 1989, the 82nd Academy Awards, which take place in 1990 for films in 1989, for anyone not aware, Best Picture in a field of My Left Foot. Born on the 4th of July, Dead Poet Society, and Field of Dreams, all of them lost to fucking driving Miss Daisy. Again, I've never seen the film, have no desire to see the film out of, like, objection because, like, I cannot believe that that... That's not even the biggest thing for me. That's not even the biggest thing for me because you could argue, you know, out of that field, it's a tough call. I don't think I'd go anywhere near driving Miss Daisy, but sure. My biggest gripe with it was, and this is a gripe that many people had at the time and still have with this day, Do the Right Thing was not even nominated for Best Picture. Spike Lee was not nominated for Best Director. He was nominated for Best Original Screenplay, but basically he got snubbed in two of the biggest categories of the year. 
which is just – it's just another example of like I love the Academy Awards. I actually revere the Academy Awards, but they can get it so wrong sometimes. Uh, just, I just wanted to mention that. Yeah, well, that's, that's kind of like uh, that for you is pretty much the same same feeling that I had whenever Metallica lost out in the Grammys to Jethro Tull. Oh, God, like the first year, <laughs> the first year they ever recognized like heavy metal, like Jethro exactly. fucking Tull won it. God, yep, him and his little ass flute. Yep. So we'll talk about. So we're going to move on to music. I just want to touch on movies up front in just a little bit. But there's two things I want to talk about with music. I only bring this up because it was ties into the episode I just did with Morgan about Madonna. Because she thinks I hate Madonna. I'm kind of largely indifferent while also respectful of her significance, culturally speaking. But Like a Prayer came out in 1989, which I think is her only great song. So basically, Like a Prayer... There was a lot of, fe- there was a lot of clash for that song, too. Yeah. Basically... There was a video in the song. Yeah, really. yeah. So Madonna's Like a Prayer music video was filmed in 1988, but it attracted criticism for its use of Catholic Church iconic- iconography. Iconography, that's the word. Uh, there you go. And for the use of cross-burning imagery, but also garners praise for its interpretation of discrimination, rape, and faith. The big thing was that she was a spokesperson for Pepsi at the time, and Pepsi dropped her out of fear the video will cause religious groups to boycott the company. That was a big fucking deal. I love that song, but yeah, the video was pretty, like, there's a black Jesus. They have, like, she sleeps with black Jesus. Like, it's like, yeah. and I don't mean, like, they, they share a bed together. I'm talking about they fuck. But they don't show it because obviously it's fucking a music video. But goddamn, that was such... But then again, I think that is her only gr- legitimately, like, great, no matter what, song. Like, Like a Prayer is such a jam. Okay, the next big thing that happened music-wise in 1989 was Millie Vanilli. Pup, you're aware of this? Oh, yeah. So basically, the Grammy Award for Best New Artist was awarded to Millie Vanilli. But on November 20th, 1990, the National, the, the National Academy of Recording Arts and Sciences revoked the Grammy. After Millie Vanilli members Robert Pilatus and Fabrice Morvan and producer Frank Farian admitted the duo did not sing all at all on their album. So this was a big fucking deal. I think it's the only time that the Grammys have ever rescinded or revoked an award. So basically what happened was they were two... Good-looking guys that a music producer approached them. They're like, hey, the guys we have singing these songs are old, but they're really good singers. How about this? You guys get to be the front of this band, but don't have to actually sing. And they accepted. And basically, they, they, they got nominated for Grammys and won a Grammy for Best New Artist. And it got leaked. Or it's it, it got found out that, yeah, these dudes aren't actually singing these songs. That's yeah. so wild to me, pup. Do you remember? Do you know how it actually got found out? I think it happened during a live performance, right? It was during a live performance. Uh, they actually went through, and I think there were like three or four songs into it, and yeah. then they started. They went into the "Girl, You Know It's True," which yeah. is the, the big number yeah, one song big that song, got yeah. the Grammy, and they had some people that were filming it. And right when it was starting to get into the the meat of the song. The CD would skip, and it just went, "Girl, you know it's girl, you know it's girl," and it just kept skipping. <laughs> so from that point, that video went crazy. I mean, they didn't have viral at that point, yeah. But all the newscasts found it, and they all plastered everything, and that's that's pretty much where it, that was the beginning of the end, man. When that CD started skipping, that was it. That was it. The jig was up. 
Uh, let's move on to TV. That was that's still so wild to me that and I've I've I've, I've heard about them late after the fact. Like w- like one of the dudes actually could sing. I think one of the dudes passed away due to drug abuse. Uh, but one of the dudes was actually a pretty good singer and talented, but his career was pretty much screwed. Like it was over for him, so he didn't really go anywhere. But let's move on to TV because there's a really big thing that happens in 1989 that I think both of us pre- will appreciate. So. Uh, okay. Several shows debuted in 1989. A couple. Let's go through a few of them. Saved by the Bell, which, Ugh. as a kid, I loved it. As an adult, like one of my favorite web series on YouTube is Funny or Die has Zach Morris's trash, and it just yeah. points out how trash <laughs> Zach Morris was in that show, and it's so oh, yeah. it's so brilliant. Uh, Baywatch, uh, which I mean, aesthetically, was great. Was great. Uh, Plot wise, yeah, you know. Very uh, fan. Arsenio Hall's uh, talk show debuted in 1989. American Gladiators, which as a kid I was like watching reruns of that. I was like, this is amazing. But like now you're like, that was kind of dumb. Yeah, but they're, they're still making TV shows that, that are on that same premise. Pretty much. You know, so. So we have Doogie Howser, MD, young Neil Patrick <laughs> Harris. Like in in hindsight, like in retrospect, you're like, this, this got greenlit? Like, Really? Like, really? Like, okay, sure. Let's go with that. There's there's one show I want to talk about, and then we'll get to the big one. Uh, Cops also debuted in 1989, which at the time was funny. But looking back, I'm like, fuck that show. Fuck Cops, man. That show is trash. Like, that show is, like, propaganda for me. Well, uh, now you got live PD, so. Yeah, but, like, it's just amazing. Like, I can't. maybe it was John Oliver or maybe Vox or somebody exposed cops to me and Live PD was basically, like, it's so manufactured. Like, the cops only show the good stuff and, like, they might not show the bad stuff. And it's very – they have a lot of say in the final edit, which makes sense because obviously the cops don't want to show, like, the worst shit. But it also shows shit that, like – they might have gotten away with some shit that was recorded, but they didn't want shown. And it's usually for marketing purposes and, like, to reinforce that cops are all good. Like, there's no such thing as br- police brutality. And there's no such thing as, like, corruption on a police force. No, they, they'll never show that on cops. It's like, so, yeah, for what it is, sure, it's mindless television, but fuck that show. Looking back, I'm like, fuck that show. I never show. did really watch cops. It was it always was, on it. Like I always remember, it would come on at like midnight. Like at a, like the reruns would come on at midnight. You're like, oh well, I guess this is on. <laughs> yeah, I never, like I said, I never really even watched it. I'm, I'll I'll watch live PD every now and then. Yeah, because um, that was a little better. You can tell it's not scripted. <laughs> but yeah, they they do tend to jump around a lot, so there's still the chance that they could be, you know, screwing stuff up. I don't think they would, but yeah. But the big one, the big one in 1989. The Simpsons debuted in 1989. They spun off from the Tracy Ullman show. Uh, they broadcast, Fox broadcast a series premiere of The Simpsons, Simpsons Roasting on an Open Fire, which also acts as a Christmas special. So it's been 30 years. They're still going strong. They probably should have tapped out probably like 10 years ago, but eh, you know how it goes. They're making they're making Fox money, so fuck it, right? But now Disney owns them, so we'll see what happens. But uh, I, if not, they will still they will live on forever in syndication. Yeah, and I, I think we both... I love The Simpsons. I think, Pup, you really enjoy The Simpsons. But without The Simpsons, we would not get to Futurama. So that is that is why it's both significant in both of our lives. Well, if you didn't have Simpsons, you wouldn't have a lot of animated series. That you yeah, had. like you, South Park or Family, Family Guy. Guy. You wouldn't have Futurama. You wouldn't have Disenchantment. You wouldn't have you know a lot of different things that's around. Bob's now. Burgers, Rick and Morty, a whole bunch of stuff. Exactly. So, Everything draws from that. Yeah, and I grew up on... like. 
I grew up on Simpsons and Fresh Prince reruns, so like Simpsons are such <laughs> yeah. a big deal for me. Like I fuck, I love the Simpsons so much, even though they're like I'll catch them now every now and then. Like they come on usually, the Simpsons come on after football on Sunday nights, so I'll catch them sometimes if I still have it going. They're still they're all right, but I'm really looking forward to Disney Plus. We'll have all their episodes. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm gonna take advantage of that. Uh, yeah, that's a, that, they're gonna have a huge Disney Plus is gonna have a big back catalog. Yeah, definitely. I'm really looking forward to Disney Plus. But so let's go through sports real quick, and then we'll get to the news, and then we'll get to the most. I think the most important thing about 1989, and we'll get to the questions. We're gonna be right. running long, but we said it off top. It's gonna be a long episode. Okay, so sports. So there were a few big things that happened in sports in 1989. Super Bowl 23. Uh, the game is best remembered for the 49ers' fourth-quarter game-winning drive. Basically, San Francisco, they were down to their own eight-yard line with three minutes left on the clock and marched 90, 92 yards down the field in under three minutes. The winning touchdown on a Joe Montana pass to John Taylor with just 34 seconds left. Jerry Weiss won the MVP of the game, and the 49ers went on to win back-to-back Super Bowls the following year in 1990. Another big thing, actually, that happened also in San Francisco that year was the earthquake in the World Series, the Athletics versus the Giants, the Battle of the Bay. So basically what happened was uh, on October 17th, just minutes before the scheduled start of Game 3, a 6.9 earthquake decided to hit the Bay Area, (laughs) causing significant damage to both Oakland and San Fran. Candlestick Park in San Fran suffered damage to its upper deck, and they canceled the game, or they postponed it out of concerns for the safety of everyone in the ballpark. The other thing you know, Mother Nature saying, maybe we shouldn't play this game. Yeah, maybe, maybe <laughs> Mother Nature was like, not today, guys, not today. Uh, the other big thing, uh, MJ, uh, Michael Jordan, Game 5, 1989, Eastern Conference, first round, the playoffs. Famous, famous play, the shot. Basically... It's it's considered one of Jordan's greatest clutch moments in the game in in the game itself a classic. Uh, so Jordan wins the game, beats the Cavs in Game Five. Uh, I think uh, it's great. I'll link up the shot, the video of it in the uh, episode description. It's classic. It's iconic. Uh, it's one of his most clutch moments of all time. Another thing that happened is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. On June 28th, 1989, Kareem was 42 years old when he announced that he would retire at the end of the season after 20 years in the NBA. At the time of his retirement, he held the record for most games played by a single player in the NBA, which would be broken by Robert Parrish. He's also currently uh, the all-time record holder for most points and most field goals made, and also most minutes played. But again, that got passed by, uh, I think, Robert Parrish. So the other big thing that happened was Pete Rose, pup. You're a baseball fan. What is Pete Rose? What do you think of when you hear the name Pete Rose? <laughs> well, when you think, when most people say Pete Rose, if they're old enough, they think sports betting. <laughs> yes. Uh, so he, that's, what, that's what he is more infamous for rather than his playing days yeah so let me give you a break anyone who's unfamiliar with pete rose famous baseball player got the nickname charlie hustle um so rose played the major leagues from 63 to 86 and managed the reds the cincinnati reds from 84 to 89 in 1989 august 1989 rose was penalized with permanent ineligibility from baseball admits accusations that he gambled on baseball games while he played Bly played for and managed the Reds. The charges of wrongdoing, including claims he bet on his own team. So that's a big fucking deal. One of the most prolific hitters in baseball was accused of gambling while he was a manager and a player. 
lied, lied throughout his, he swore he never did it, swore he never did it, pup. But in, in 2015, ESPN concluded its own investigation of Rose and determined that he had bet on baseball while still a player manager from 84 to 86. The results of the investigation were made public and revealed the records of the bets that Rose had made on baseball. Here's the kicker, though. <laughs> Fucking Pete Rose, man. The ball's on this dude. <laughs> in his autobiography, My Prison Without Bars, published in 04, Rose finally admitted publicly. So again, fucking 15 years of saying, nah, didn't do it. Nah, didn't do it, pup. 15 motherfucking years later, Rose finally admitted publicly to betting on baseball games and other sports while playing for and managing the Reds. <gasps> Shocker! Uh, he also admitted to betting on Reds games, but he said he never bet against the Reds. He repeated his admissions in an interview on ABC. He also said in the book he had hoped his admissions would help end his ban from baseball so he could reapply for reinstatement. So let me ask you, Pup, as a fan of the sport, do you think he deserves to be in the for his for his accomplishments pre gambling, do you think he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame? If you take that in just just that part, just his playing and his managing days, yeah. I'd say probably he deserves to at least get nominated. Yeah. But being that you know, I mean just if you take everything else along with it, <laughs> I, yeah. I really think it pro- well, probably probably the bigger question that I would have would be Say when it came out, you know, right whenever it came out, if you would have just said, yeah, I did it and owned it, instead of sitting there saying, no, I didn't for 15 years, do you think they would have still, you know, uh, kicked him him out of baseball? Uh, Absolutely. They would have just took it and owned it? I think if he had owned it right away, he'd probably be in the Hall of Fame by now. But the fact that, the fact that he lied about it. Fuck Pete Rose is what I'm getting at. Like, nah, fuck you, dude. <laughs> I don't care about Pete. Like, the fact that he lied about it, it's like, dog. It's the. It's always the cover up, pup. It's. I mean, you covered you in 1999. You had the Clinton uh, impeachment, and he got acquitted. But like, it's always the cover up. It's always fuck Pete Rose. Fuck Pete Rose, yep. dude. Like, trash. Yep. He's oh, trash. Just, oh, even even back back with Nixon, it wasn't the. It wasn't every. It was the. It was the cover up. Yeah. Of what happened in Watergate, that's that's what got the attention. It wasn't the act; it was the cover up. Okay. So, uh, let's move on to news and world events. A lot of big things happened in 1989. I'll try and go through them as quickly as possible. Three really big things happened as far as, I guess, international. Well, one of them is national, but so in 1989 we had the Exxon Valdez oil spill. People, kid, people younger than me may not be aware, of, but basically, an oil tanker owned by the Exxon Shipping Company, uh, bound for California, struck the Prince William Sound's Blythe Reef and spilled 10.8, yes, 10.8 millions, million, 10.8 million gallons of crude oil over the next few days. Basically, the Exxon Shipping Company failed to supervise and provide provide a rested insufficient crew for Exxon Valdez that's the name of the ship Captain Joseph Hazelwood who was widely reported to have been drinking heavily that night was not at the controls when the ship struck the reef Exxon blamed Hazelwood for the grounding of the tanker but Hazelwood accused the corporation of making them escape 
As the senior officer in command of the ship, he was accused of being intoxicated and thereby contributing to the disaster, but was cleared of his charge in his 1990 trial after witnesses testified that he was sober around the time of the incident. In other findings, an investigator reported named Greg Pellas in 2008 was quoted as saying, at the helm, the third mate may have never had collided with the Blythe Reef had he looked at the radar, but the radar was not turned on. In fact, the tanker's radar was left broken and disabled from more than a year before the disaster, and Exxon management knew it. It just was too expensive to fix and operate. The third mate failed to properly maneuver the vessel, possibly due to fatigue or excessive workload. Uh, So basically, Exxon fucked up. (laughs) Yes, they did. Very much so. That was a big fucking deal. Uh, Yeah. Uh, that was a, that was a huge deal. They had it was a huge news story. They made they not only the fact that it was the captain was possibly drunk. They had broken shit on the ship. Nobody knew what they were doing. So yeah, it didn't look very good for Exxon at that point. <laughs> so yeah, but uh, going through that, it, it was that pretty much kickstarted the really really big environmental kicks. Yeah. You know, we've been on lately, you know, especially oil spills and, you know, that kind of thing. And it, the the 10, what it was, 10.8 million gallons, you said? 10.8 million gallons, pup. So that, that equates to roughly about 260,000 barrels, give or take. My math is right. Um, and I think what made this worse as compared to, like, Deepwater Horizon, the BP spill uh, yeah. that happened a couple of decades after was that this was in a sound it was in in, in basically in kind of an enclosed channel yeah so the oil had they had nowhere to go you know so I mean that that's what made this this so much worse yeah than anything that had uh, come before it you know because everything was right there it had nowhere to go it was hard to clean up it was right there in Alaska so I mean it's cold as shit <laughs> you know Getting equipment up there is not exactly, uh, it's a remote area, it wasn't exactly a great place to, to go for a shipwreck to happen anyway, but yeah, it was just, that, that, that right there was, I mean, they, they had so much stuff going on, you know, with wanting people to help with cleanup and different things you can do to help and, you know, all kind of different things like that. I mean, a lot of that was going on with the news and especially like, uh, I was seven at this point. So it was, uh, our schools and all of the schools in the area and stuff like that would try to do fundraisers and stuff like that to help, you know, anything we could to help. But yeah, it was, that was, that kicked off a really big environmental awareness, you know, uh, uh, to where we are right now. But, in, but just in, in comparison, though, the, uh, the the BP spill was actually, this one was 260,000 barrels. The yeah. BP, Deepwater Horizon, was 3.9 million barrels. Yeah. Over so a larger body of water, but still, yeah. a lot more. <laughs> yeah, it's, the gross negligence. And it was in an open area, too, so yeah. it was a little bit, you know, the, that was a different scenario, but yeah. The gross negligence, Pop, just... <sighs> Yeah, there was so much crap that went down with that. And it was just, like I said, the captain being drunk, third mate don't know, doesn't know what he's doing, radar broke. That's like Perfect storm. Uh, I wouldn't say perfect storm. I'd say that's like, okay, would you trust no. driving a car down the road with 
three wobbly wheels, a radio that don't work, and no windshield wipers in a rainstorm? Because that's pretty much what they were doing. <laughs> but yay capitalism. Anyway, moving on. Two big, two other huge international incidents happened in 1989. The Tiananmen Square protests. Yep. Sorry from sounds like I'm reading. I am. I'm just reading from Wikipedia. No apologies. I, I'm again. I'm doing a podcast. I'm not writing a thesis. So, okay. So student-led demonstrations held in Tiananmen Square in Beijing during 1989. The popular national movement inspired by the Beijing protests is sometimes called the 89 Democracy March. As we all know, China is a communist party-run government. So. The protests started in April and were forcibly suppressed on June 4th when the government declared martial law and sent the military to occupy central parts of Beijing. In what became known as the Tiananmen Square Massacre, Chinese troops uh, fired at the demonstrators and those trying to block the military's advance into Tiananmen Square. Estimates of the death toll vary from several hundred to several thousands with thousands more wounded. And it is encapsulated... Uh, by the iconic photo of Tank Man, who I, who I believe's identity is still not known to this day, probably was killed right away if you know the Chinese government. But uh, yeah, uh, he, man. Wasn't killed, he wasn't killed right at that time, but they probably found him and killed him shortly thereafter. But yeah, yeah, they, he was disposed of eventually. Uh, yeah, but yeah, man, like, I mean, it's so weird that I, I thought it was very fitting that to mention this because we had the Hong Kong Hong Kong protests going on, which is not the same thing because this was that was this was beijing and that's hong kong but it's still the same issue of like a group of people protesting the chinese government for democracy's sake like it's so weird that we're still that that battle i don't know if it'll ever be one decided forever but it's still it's wild to me that it's still being fought to this day pub yeah it's still they they're really similar yeah very similar but the the fact that Back then, the, the, the protests in Beijing were, it was for a more democratic version of China, which after all of this happened, they did slightly morph into kind of that, the the pseudo-capitalistic, communist, kind of twisted, weird version this of... This hybrid, that weird now. shit that they got going it's on. A, yeah, it's a weird hybrid that they have now. So it, in a way, the... the the protests in Tiananmen Square did kind of push things a little bit. Yeah. It didn't happen overnight, granted. Yeah, absolutely. But, and Hong Kong actually is kind of in it, its own kind of separate nation oh my state. God. Hong Kong right now. Hong Kong is so, a whole chapter on it to its, oh God. Exactly. They got their whole, they, they got a, there's a whole story, backstory behind that. But yeah. they're, they're almost kind of a, their own nation state as it is Pretty with, much. Them, with themselves. And, the fact that they're pushing for more freedom, more democracy from the Chinese government is, it's a, I think, a, pretty much a, a mirror of Tiananmen Square. Yeah. They want the same things. Yeah. You know, and, but I, I'm not sure that they're going to be able to do <laughs> the same thing with the Chinese military, you know, that they did before without getting, you know, I'm sure they probably can. Mm-hmm. And, but... You know, there are going to be a lot more consequences now than what they would have had back then because, you know, a lot of people really weren't paying that much attention as far as international stuff goes. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, they came out with the Tiananmen Square stuff after it happened. Yeah. But being that everything's, you know, pretty much, you know it five minutes after it happens, yeah. you know, nowadays every, with everything. So it's, 
it's kind of one of those that I don't think that that would actually be able to they'd be able to get away with something like that and it, that would cause a lot of harm internationally for everybody absolutely moving on to something similar seems like d- democracy did win in this instance the berlin wall came down in 1989 pup do you remember this going on because i remember this was a huge fucking deal in 1989 as far as like reading about history i remember that they showed it on the news and they did a lot of things you know they, they showed a lot of the, the people breaking the wall down and you know as it was coming down so they they did do a lot of that and they showed the the Brandenburg Gate opening for the first time in Berlin. Yeah, in nineteen eighty. You know, that was, that, that December, was a big yeah. deal. So you know, it, it, they they pushed a lot of that, and it's it was cool to see. But again, like I was I was seven, yeah. So I really didn't understand the, the implications, the behind significance, it. yeah. Yeah, I, I really didn't understand it at the time. But, so, you know, going back on it now, if you look back on it, it's just like, holy crap, you know, this that is that's an amazing event that I lived through it. I just wish I understood it at the time. Yeah, so basically what happened was a series of revolutions in nearby Eastern Bloc countries caused a chain reaction in East Germany, for those unaware. At one time, the Berlin Wall split Germany. It was established after World War II. Uh, this is just a brief, very overly simplified history of the situation. Uh, after the end of World War II, basically the Russians, the Soviet Union, and the United States decided to split Germany into West Germany and East Germany. West Germany was ca- was dem- democratic and capitalist, and obviously East is East Germany was Communist Party uh, run. So basically, these... These revolutions caused a chain reaction in East Germany that ultimately resulted in the demise of the wall. After several weeks of civil unrest, the East German government announced on November 9th that all GDR citizens could visit West Germany and West Berlin. Crowds of East Germans crossed and climbed onto the wall, joined by West Germans on the other side in a celebratory atmosphere. Over the next few weeks, euphoric people and souvenir hunters chipped away at parts of the wall. And as Pup mentioned, the Brandenburg Gate in the Berlin Wall was opened on December 22nd in 1989. And all this was televised. Fucking Hasselhoff was there. It's it's iconic. Like, that's... When I... Doing my research of 1989, I think this guy... I don't know why. I could probably speculate, but the, the Berlin Wall coming down got way more... I guess it's more of a happy story than the Tiananmen Square. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot that those were happening in the same year, but we don't talk about the Tiananmen Square massacre that much. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's kind of a downer. But, yeah, they, well, I mean, that and the Tiananmen Square thing happened earlier in the year. Yeah, and yeah. The, the fall of the, the wall was later on in the year. Yeah, and I think it was this. So. Uh, you know what else I didn't realize I'm about to touch on? I thought it happened earlier in the – I thought it happened earlier in the 80s because you. Know, I always assume – I always link – Reagan with the Berlin Wall, but Reagan was out of office at this point. And I think it also is the fitting the fact that it kind of symbolized slowly that the West was winning the Cold War and the 80s were coming to an end. So I think that was why it was more significant, I guess, in retrospect. Yeah, well, Reagan did. Reagan called for the wall to, to fall, and I think that's his yeah. kind of iconic moment. You know, so he, he was the one that, that kind of called for it and pushed for it really hard but it actually didn't happen until after he left office yeah uh so mentioning that i say that because in 1989 george w george hw bush the father not the son was inaugurated and he won election in 88 and so he only served one term but yeah he was inaugurated in january of 1989 
Uh, I did want to mention two things related to George Bush. First off, fuck George Bush. Fuck Ronald Reagan. Yeah, I said it. Sorry, pup. My pod, I'm going to say it. Fuck those two guys. Did a lot of good for a lot of people in this country. Screwed over a lot more people too. So, you know, problematic in my opinion. But anyway... <laughs> Sorry, pup. That came out of left field. I apologize. I saw you getting up on that damn soapbox five minutes ago. Uh, So two things that I wanted to talk about in 1989 that are kind of fucked up. So this happened almost towards the end of the year, around the time the Berlin Wall came out. uh, uh, The Berlin Wall came down. On December 20th, 1989, the... Fell, I believe, is the word you were looking for. That's the one. Correct, sir. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. On December 20th... (laughs) On December 20th, 1989, the United States invaded Panama as part of Operation Just Cause. Love how they use language like that. Which involved 25,000 American troops. Uh, General Manuel Noriega, head of the government of Panama, had been giving military assistance to Contra groups in Nicaragua at the request of the U.S. That's a tongue twister right there. Which, in exchange, tolerated his drug trafficking activities, which they had known about since the 1960s. But apparently they were like... Enough of this shit. Time to get you the fuck out of here. Basically, we invaded Panama. And I think we took it over in, like, what, a day or some shit? It was pretty quick. It was probably, it was probably less than a day. Yeah. <laughs> and so he went on the run. He was eventually caught, and I think he was indicted. I don't really know what happens to him. But, yeah, so we invaded Panama because, you know, that shit happened. Which, coming off the heels, I think the Iran-Contra affair was earlier in this decade. If I'm, what, Did you talk about the Iran-Contra fan last year? Was that in 88? Do you remember that? Yeah, that that was it. The, it came out like the biggest part of it came out in '88, but um, Oliver North was actually indicted and convicted in '89. Oh, okay, yeah. So, so yeah, and so it's still kind of going on, and that's basically why they did that in Panama. Yeah, you know, they all of the rain contra stuff came out, and they were just like, "Hey, fuck it, all right, we we get, we get Panama again." <laughs> you know, we're taking over this shit again because <laughs> you know it, everything had come out, so everybody knew what was going on now. Yeah. So, I mean, I still don't even know why the hell we gave Panama back anyway. I mean, we built the damn canal. Hey, man, we so, could have had... We, we, should, we should still be having that, to be honest. Uh, I but, guess we were like, eh, we have Puerto Rico. We don't need another third world country. <laughs> we got Detroit. What third world country are you talking about? Oh, my gosh. Fuck, dude. We got San Francisco with shit piled on the sidewalks. Come on now. Oh, my God. Anyway, there's third, third world here. At least Panama they got beaches. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Anyway, the other thing I want to talk about, which is a giant fuck you to George w, George H W. I'm so used to saying George W. The big fuck you to George H W. Bush is the drug bust outside of the White House. It was kind of. It's not that big a deal, but it is one of these things where I'm like, man, fuck this dude. Uh, so. <sighs> So, I don't even remember that. So there was the crack epidemic in the 80s, and you know, which that's a whole thing. I'm not going to get into because that's an hour-long conversation as well. The history of drug, the drug war in this country that started with the Nixon and still is going on to this day, I guess, technically, but has been largely a failure. So basically what happened is the drug – the DEA was tasked to lure a black high school student to Lafayette Park near the White House to make a drug buy – that the president would use to illustrate a public health crisis on national television. The student, 19-year-old Keith Jackson, received a 10-year 
10-year prison sentence. From the desk of the Oval in the Oval Office on September 5th, 1989, Bush held up a bag of the rocky white substance and declared, "This is crack cocaine seized a day a few days ago in a park across the street from the White House." So here's why I say fuck you, George Bush. He took a legitimate issue. The crack epidemic was a legitimate issue, which, like, there's so much there's so much behind all of that because anyway. So so basically, what he did was he took a very serious issue, but he wanted to do he wanted for largely political and marketing reasons and propaganda reasons. They basically he lured this. He wanted a photo op. He wanted a photo op. He wanted something to that would splash on television. So, like, just think about that. Like, again, I'm not advocating selling crack cocaine. Like, I'm not saying, hey, Keith Jackson, you got screwed over. Like, yeah, man, you probably shouldn't be selling crack cocaine. But it was a different time. He was a black man in the '80s. There's reasons why he was probably selling crack cocaine. So, the fact that they couldn't like. The fact that they used this poor kid and he got a 10-year sentence out of it so they could make a point on television, it's just – it's so – it's so like swarmy. No, no, not swarmy. What am I trying to say, pup? What word am I trying to use here? It's late. Uh, <laughs> it's so like – I'll say Yeah, it's so <laughs> – it's so not creepy, but just so manufactured and ill, ill begotten. It's just, it's just fuck, fuck George Bush, man, fuck these guys. And the thing was, I think the funny anecdote about the story—I don't know the, the veracity—but it was the story that I always heard about this incident. Incident was the DEA agents that had to lure this dude to the White House. They told him to meet him at sixteen hundred Pennsylvania Avenue, and he didn't know where that was. <laughs> This poor kid, man, he got screwed over. Got ten. That's the other thing. He's got, you got fucking ten years, and he was lured. It's entrapment, man. And yeah, well, unfortunately, pretty much anybody and everybody that works in or around Washington D.C. is always looking for a photo op at some point. It's all. It's all. It's all agenda. how you get it, how you spin it, and you know if you get caught spinning it the way you're trying to spin it. Yeah. So and the, he just got caught. He just did it really badly and got caught red-handed. Yeah. And he. Anyway, let's end on a happy note. This is, in my opinion, the most important thing that happened in 1989 Pub. Okay. So. What's that? Hit me. The Nintendo Game Boy, an 8-bit handheld console developed and manufactured by Nintendo. The first handheld Nintendo in the Game Boy family, it was released in Japan on April 21st, 1989, and then three, and then North America three months later. Europe got it, unfortunately, in 1990. The Game Boy and its successor, the Game Boy Color, have sold an estimated 118 million units. I'm sorry, pup. I have so many year, so many happy memories in my formative years using the Game Boy, like that gray brick with like hours oh, of yeah. my life was dedicated to that device so, you mean this thing here you know that the, i don't even know if it's gonna make the noise but it might yep you i heard, heard it. a beep i heard a beep <laughs> 
I still own my Game Boy and still play it. So I know I got. We talked about. So the, yes. I know we <laughs> talked about the Berlin Wall. We talked about Joker. I'm um, sorry, Batman '89. We talked about the Exxon Valdez. We talked about fucking. Uh, Tiananmen Square. I'm sorry, with all due respect to all people and parties involved, 1989 was the year of the Game Boy. That is the most important thing that happened in 1989 for me. And that thing that that was that was insane because, like I said, I, the one that I have now is actually it's not the the original original. Yeah, but it's the uh, you know the kind of slim version of it now. So yeah. the Game Boy Pocket, but same thing. Still yeah. plays the original uh, cartridges, the whole nine. So it's in effect the actual Game Boy. But I did have the original one. I did too. I had it, and that thing was a fucking brick. But to be able to play Mario, yeah, in Tetris, in the car, in Tetris, yeah, was that was amazing at the time. That was utterly amazing. So the in 1998, I think we talked about this. I talked about this last year. When we did uh, when we did the episode last year, uh, Pokemon came out in 1998 in North America, and I played my first Pokemon off of the original Game Boy. I think we got it. I think we both got it. I think it was my brother and I's. I think we had to share it, but I think I eventually took it over because I don't think he was really into Game Boy at the time. He, 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 please correct me, Kev, if you're listening, but. So basically, I just remember like the first game, like the first Pokemon game, which was such a big deal in my life, was on that original Game Boy. So like, I I just think that like we don't have the App Store or Google Play, what we have today without the Nintendo Game Boy. Like it's trickled down throughout all of gaming forever and ever. That was that was one of the first mobile gaming, if not the first mobile game. Except for like maybe the uh, the old Tiger, yeah, LCD games and yeah, the, the yeah, techno, yeah. techno uh, LCD games. But this was a whole new level. Each. This was a whole new yeah. level. Oh, this this was a whole new thing. I mean, it was a complete game system in your hand. Yeah, you played different games. You didn't have to switch out anything but the cartridge. All of the, they had, dude, they had so many crazy uh, things that you get uh, additions and yeah. accessories for this thing. I remember having a battery, like a, the, one of the, the external batteries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that thing was basically about the size of a bar of soap. <laughs> and it was only like, I mean, it, it, it gave you like an extra 20 or 30 minutes of battery, and that was it. But it was it worked. I just... That, the Game Genie, you remember that? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, that was so fun. Oh, man. I just... What did kids do on road trips? Like, that's... like my As a kid, my mom... She, we would go to Atlanta a lot because my grandma lived there at the time. We would go to Texas and we'd go we'd go certain places. We'd be on road trips to certain places like Florida as well for Disney World. Like when I was four or five years old or six years old. Like, pup, what did people do before the Game Boy? Like I just – like I couldn't imagine being on a road trip pre-Game Boy. That's insane uh, I, to me. I think that I think probably one thing too with the, the Game Boy is that it uh, that kind of started to ingrain us into that screen culture where you know oh, yeah. so that kind of got us into that. But I mean, it was it was nice to have. But if you want a long road trip, you couldn't really play it that long because the batteries didn't last that oh, long. Oh man, that's why you gotta. That's why like I always had. It, like always had spare batteries lying around back in those days. Like in well, my, yeah, but I mean e- even then, I mean like. I mean, I, I know we, we weren't 
you know, rich by any stretch, but yeah. you know, if, if you needed new batteries for something, yeah, it waited later in the week until you went to the grocery store. That was it. You know, you weren't, you couldn't just stop at the dollar store and pick them up for a dollar, you know? <laughs> I, remember, so, yeah. I have a distinct memories of my mother. Like she would go to the grocery store. She, I remember once she like bought the mega pack of double A's or triple A's. Were they triple? No, they were double A's. I think they were they double were doubles A's. at that point. Yeah. And she was like, here, this should be all you ever need. Don't bother me about batteries ever again. <laughs> and I just remember she would always, like, anytime I was playing my Game Boy around her, the volume had to be off. She was like, that thing has the most annoying sounds. Turn that shit off. Like, the volume always had to be off because it would have driven – it drove her crazy. So. Oh, yeah. Well, the, the big thing that uh, – that was kind of the same for, for me too, but uh, – we would use the headphones from either your Walkman or your Discman. Yeah. And use the use the headphones from that and play so you wouldn't disturb anybody. Yeah. Those were <laughs> Man, those were great times. Uh, so let's wrap up. Uh, do you did you have anything left on 1989 or did you want to get to these questions? We're running very long. I don't know. Yeah, we are. And uh, I only had a couple of things that I think you didn't uh, go through. Okay. First, the uh, B-2 Stealth Bomber made its first flight. Yeah, I, I, I saw that. So that was I, cool. I definitely made an editorial choice. I was like, yeah. 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 But, uh, between that and, uh, like I said, me being the tech guy I am, Tim Berners-Lee created, oh. uh, submitted the document for the protocols and everything that eventually would become the World Wide Web. That so is he, significant. So he submitted the paper to basically lay out how the World Wide Web would work. And without him, we would not be here recording this pod that we're gonna that I'm gonna upload on the internet later for everyone to enjoy. So shout out Take to Tim Berners Lee. That is a big deal. I'm glad you did bring that up. I think that is appropriate. Yeah, and the fact that it happened way back in eighty nine, before we even had you know, I mean I was you wouldn't think of anything World Wide Web going on in 89, much less, yeah. you know, especially it just starting, you know, because that's basically what it was. Yeah. But yeah, it was just, it was just, the paper was being submitted on how to lay it out in 89. <laughs> okay, I think that's going to do it for 1989, uh, and I think that's going to do it for the the time traveling that we've done, man. It's been wild. Like, what was okay? So what? What do you think for your 1999? What do you think was the biggest nostalgia hit for you? Like you were like, "Holy fuck! I completely forgot about that." Uh, probably using LimeWire and uh, and Napster to download music. Yeah. And my biggest one was uh, the first the first song I ever downloaded. It was Unforgiven from Metallica as basically a giant middle finger to Lars Ulrich. <laughs> Fuck that, dude. Exactly. So that's why I, uh, that was the first song I actually ever illegally downloaded. I just, I think the thing for me was I, I was not aware the Berlin Wall, Tiananmen Square, and Exxon Valdez happened in the same calendar year. Like that's, that's you insane think to me. It, thinking back on it, you think it happened at different times. Yeah. But yeah, it, yeah that's, that, is, that is kind of strange that that much stuff happened in one year. 
Yeah, that that was probably the biggest thing. Like, I thought, oh, you know, 1989, not a lot of shit happened in... No, a lot of shit happened in 1989. But I think that's the lesson we both learned about doing it this year and last year was like, you don't... Again, as we said up top, you don't realize how much shit happens in one year. Uh, Yeah. Okay, so let's move on to these questions. So we'll go through these pretty quick because we wasted this audience's time enough. So, okay, so volume four questions. Let's go. Okay, pup. As a kid, as a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? Did you always want to go into tech? I didn't always actually want to go into tech. Actually, I, earlier in my life, I wanted to play music. Okay. But just growing up with it and everything, I just I kind of drifted towards it. And now I'm, I'm in it head, heart, and ass, so I ain't getting out of it now. Yeah, I couldn't imagine. Don't take this the wrong way, pup. I know you're a very intelligent man. You could probably do anything you put your mind to, but I couldn't imagine you doing anything else. I really don't think I could probably be doing anything else either, to be honest. That's kind of sad. No, you seem so committed I've to hit, it. I've, that, hit my, I've hit my niche. <laughs> yeah, you seem so committed to it. I wouldn't imagine you, like, I couldn't. I really couldn't imagine you doing anything else. Uh, even though when I met you, you were a grocery store manager, so, but that was years ago, so. Uh, yeah, but even then, I was still doing stuff on the computers. Yeah, there, yeah, yeah, so. absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so, okay. yeah, it, was, it was still in there, just not quite as what I am now. I wish I'd, I think in my 30s, pup, I think I'm going to make it my mission to try and learn a language and also learn an instrument. I never have learned an instrument. So, anyway, so, okay, uh, if you came into a large sum of money, say you won the mega, mega Powerball, right? Like it was like hundreds of millions of dollars, pup. And you got all your bills, your banking things, all your financial advisor. You got everybody set up for life, right? What's the first big thing you buy? Pay off my house. Okay, so, okay, yeah. Pay off your house. What's the splurge thing? The the absolute splurge would probably be a new vehicle. It would probably be a custom built. Uh, eh, Probably either a 67 or 68 Nova, maybe a Chevelle. Yeah. You know, get something custom like that, just something to put around it. Yeah, but Resto yeah. Mod or some shit, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's awesome, man. I, I throw some money at Chip Foos and say, hey, just build me something. <laughs> I think I would buy one of these, like, I don't know how familiar you are with the uh, with Austin, but I think I'd buy, like, a lake, like uh, a house on the river, you know, or lake, uh, a lake house on Lake Travis or something like that. I think that's be the first thing I'd buy because – I love this town, so I think I would probably still live in Austin. I don't think I'd definitely would move back home, but I think I'd stay in Austin, and I think I'd buy a really big house over here. Um, that wouldn't be bad. Not, not granted. Now, if I was in, if I was in that area where you're at, yeah, I actually would probably, I would probably either build or even buy a house like either out in Round Rock yeah. or or Marble Falls. Because those areas are just gorgeous. Yeah, there. definitely. Buda is also really nice. That's southern. That's on the south. Oh yeah, end of, yeah, that's south of you. Yeah, yeah. I've been to Buda too. Um, I, I like Buda. Buda's actually. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of nice. I like it. Yeah, it's it's a pretty chill place. Okay, uh, so what's a chore you absolutely hate doing, like around the house? Uh, probably the cat litter box. <laughs> oh god, yeah, fuck that. <laughs> Which actually, uh, really and truly, I only have to scoop one of them because yeah. one of them, I, one I got to scoop. The other one, it's one of the ones where you can like turn it over, yeah, and it self filters. So that one's not bad. I don't mind doing that one, but the one I actually have to scoop, that's yeah, that's crap. 
I've had to help when I lived with Ben and Morgan. I had to help that with once. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> Fuck that. Yeah, it, it's not fun. It is, it is not fun. But uh, I'm just glad I only have one cat, so I don't have to sit there and worry about it too, too much. Because yeah. if I had more than that, then it would be twice as bad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, so let's say you were going on a road trip. I know you you tend to go on road trips for work a lot. Yes. What's so like? Let's say you're you're going on a road trip, a long road trip. You're at a gas station. You grab a candy bar or a snack. What do you grab? What's your favorite candy bar or snack? Uh, usually, when I do that, I I go for Snickers. Okay. Because it's, it's got it's just sweet enough, but it's got the peanuts and stuff that it doesn't you don't come down from that sugar high quite as fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I can feel you on that one. I, I would say long road trip, definitely grabbing a host a six pack of Hostess donuts. That's my thing. Um, or a Twix bar. I really like Twix as well. Uh, yeah, Twix isn't bad. Um, if it was like straight, like actual taste and candy bar, that's my absolute favorite is Hershey's Cookies and Cream. Oh, see, that's another good one. That. Uh, yeah, the, those you can't go wrong with. But uh, like in a pinch, and while you're driving and stuff like that, then I, that's why I tend toward that. But you know what I crave? Just for pure taste, yeah. You know what I crave randomly? Rice Krispie treats, like the the Rice Krispie treats. Oh, those every things. now and then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, every now and then, I'll I'll, I'll get a I'll get an V for those, but not too too much. Okay, so what was your best and what was your worst school subject? Uh, worst was math. I sucked at math. I still suck at math. I'm going to continue to suck at math. Uh, but probably the, my best was probably split between science and English, believe it or not. Okay. Yeah. I'm much, I'm much better on the page than I am in, in real life. <laughs> I, uh, I, math was always like harder for me, but like, Specifically, ge- geometry. That was the hardest math I think I've ever taken. I don't know oh, why. That was, the e- that was the easy one. The one I hated. I was don't. Calculus. Everyone says that they're like calculus was a fucking bitch. See, I loved Good calculus. God. dude. I loved calculus. I felt that like, algebra. You start throwing letters in with numbers, dude. You might as well be reading me fucking Greek. I don't know what it was, but calculus felt like the payoff. Like I felt like it all came together. I was like, oh, so this is what I've been working to for all these years. But yeah, like math was. I mean, I didn't like math. I never. I, fuck, I didn't like school. But like, math was challenging. But yeah, it was. It was specifically geometry. That shit was. Ugh, fucking hated geometry. Okay, what's the best vacation you've ever taken? Uh, probably the one I've taken was back in 2010, and it was a road trip to Dallas. Okay. And I actually went up there with my, uh, my ex-wife yeah. now, and we went up there to a concert. It was Leonard Skinner and Charlie Daniels. Ooh. So we went, we went up there for the weekend. It was the Did the concert come with a free bottle of Jack Daniels? Because that seems like a concert that would come with a free bottle of Jack Daniels. No, it did not. But if it would have, that would have been awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, I mean, between that and some of the other stuff that we did, you know, we did the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum and stuff like that. So, I mean, that, that was just a that was an awesome weekend. Yeah, that's awesome. I, yeah, I think um, I was in... Boston last year. That was the last. That was the last really Boston. fun. Yeah, I that was so much fun, dude. I can't even tell you how much fun that was. I really wish I could have stayed there longer. Plan is to still move there one day. I don't know when that is, but the plan is still to move there one day. Okay. So, would you rather speak all languages or speak to all animals, pub? Yeah, I would say probably. It, well, it, it depends. 
because if animals would be as intelligent as us, then I would say probably just all languages. But knowing that animals, some of them aren't quite as smart. (laughs) Yeah. You know, but I would say all animals, just for the fact of, they really don't know dishonesty, so they're just going to be brutally honest no matter what. (laughs) One-track minds. Well, one-track mind, but I mean, it was like, you know, if they... If they want to bite you, they're going to say, okay, I'm going to bite you. <laughs> you know, there's no pulling punches. They're not going to bullshit you. <laughs> Definitely. Okay. I totally agree. See, I would want to speak all languages because, again, with you, like, similar to you, I'm like, animals are not, I don't think animals are as interesting as people would like to believe. Yeah, I think some would be. Yeah. But, I mean, it, you, you're not going to hold the conversation with an ant, but, <laughs> you know, I'm, you know, I'm sure there's probably some out there that you could have a have a decent conversation with. I'd probably enjoy some of the conversations with them than I would with most people. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> would you rather have unlimited pizza or would you have rather have unlimited tacos, including burritos, for life? Uh, I'd say probably t- I'd pizza. I'd, I'd say pizza. Just I don't know a, what it is, but I pegged I'm, you as a pizza guy, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm more of a pizza guy than a, than a taco guy. I'll, I'll do my taco. I'll do a burrito, but I'm not. It's not a. It's not high up on my list. I'm, I am more of a pizza person. Okay. See, I, I think like I can't really eat pizza because of the cheese, and you know tacos. Yeah. I can ask for no cheese, and they're still good. But even if I could, without dietary restrictions, I'm going tacos. I think tacos are more versatile, and I think that as much as I love pizza and as much as I miss pizza, I'm going tacos because. Motherfucker, a shrimp taco is my jam. Like, oh, I love shrimp tacos so much. They're so good. Seafood tacos <laughs> are... They, they, I've had some damn good burritos yeah. out in Texas. Yeah, definitely. Okay, I, I've had and off of uh, trailers and food trucks, places that you normally would not want to buy food. You're but, tripping over them over here, yeah. Yeah, you're, tri- you're definitely tripping over them over there. But yeah, man, they got a, they, uh, there was one specifically out in Waco. Okay. And it was right outside. There was a trailer right outside the store that I work at. And not only did they do burritos, but they did Philly cheesesteaks. Ooh, nice. So as soon as you walk out, you smell the onion and all of that. It was, oh my God. Dude, that was amazing. That was probably the best $5 sandwich I've ever had in my life. That's one of the best things about living out here, man, is readily accessible, delicious ass Mexican food. Okay, so if you had to sing karaoke, like gun to your head, gun to your balls, what song are you picking? Uh, probably either Brown Eyed Girl or uh, Don't Let the Green Grass Fool You. Some, you know, some of the stuff that I used to sing back in the day when I actually did play music. I go, go with that. So I think you could pull some, off some of the oldies but goodies. Maybe, maybe, maybe something Boston or you know, I don't know. We'll see. I just. There's there's a plethora of stuff that I could sing, but I just choose not to now. <laughs> I think you could pull off Brown Eyed Girl. I think you could do it. Oh, I know I could. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love the this confidence. Is, this is not news to me, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last one. We're gonna call it night because it's late and I'm tired. Uh, okay, so if you Plus, had the entire world's attention, all con- all conscious adults, if you had the entire world's attention for thirty seconds. What would you say, Pup? And I actually thought about this one for a while. Good. I'm glad to hear it. Believe it or not. This actually stumps a lot of people that I've asked. Yeah, I can understand why because of the the scale of it. Yeah, the time span is not that meaningful. The time span is not not that great, but just the scale of it, 
of you know it being everybody on the planet. Yeah, and that would scare a lot of. People. And I'm I'm stipulating that you know some universal translators going on where they'll all understand you as well. So yeah, but my biggest thing would be for one talk talk to your neighbors. Okay. Okay. You won't know. You won't understand their situation. Everybody's situation is different. But if you talk to somebody. You will start to understand how they feel, how they react, and then you can adjust yourself accordingly. You can become more empathetic. You can back off. You know, you can. There's things that you can do when you talk to when you talk to people. That's gonna go a long way. Especially like we just had recently uh, somebody not long, uh, not far, a couple of streets over, uh, somebody I know that committed suicide. Mm. Nobody nobody knew. Nobody knew why. And I think it was just because nobody, you know, she was she lived alone alone. Didn't really talk to a whole lot of people. She she had people over but never really deep down and talked. Yeah. You got to talk to people, man. I mean, you got you don't have to bury your soul every time you talk to somebody. Absolutely. But at least at least sit down and have a 5 to 10 minute conversation with somebody and you can you can kind of feel people out from that, and you can understand how you know some of the things they do and why they do them. You can you can possibly gain a little bit more insight into their psyche and how you could possibly help and be and just being there and talking to them can can help. It's a it's a it's a weird thing, but just just having somebody's ear, yeah, you know can can change a life it really can yeah i i completely a hundred a thousand percent agree with you and speaking of the of suicide um i think I've, I've had to give answers to this question a few times when i've asked it but i think one answer i would say now is uh if i had everyone's attention for 30 seconds i would be like tell everyone don't just tell everyone you know that you love them make sure everyone you love knows you love them and like don't i mean i think like if you want to call someone that you want to talk to and you miss them call them if you want to see someone you want to see find a way to see them i mean obviously you want you know you don't want to like spring up on someone's front door fucking in the middle of the night but like make sure the people and i've I've really i didn't realize i was doing this at the time but realize i realize it now as an adult that i was always aware of it like i i tell people i love them regularly i hug people as much as i can i'm very i'm not afraid of showing affection to people i genuinely love because like i want everyone i know that i love to know how much i love them like i've never been shy about that like it's never really scared me to do that or i've never been hesitant to do that so that's what i would tell them like make sure if you if you have any doubt if you have any doubt that the person you love is like do do they know how much i care about them like for your benefit and theirs, do they know how much I care about them? Make sure they know. That's your that's your job. That is your responsibility to do that to the person you that you owe to the person you love. Make sure that you know they know. So that's what I would say. I think that's longer than thirty seconds. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you wanted to, if you wanted to uh, shorten that down, actions. Yeah. Speak much louder than words. Yeah. And so yeah, I think that. Um, 
Yeah, I just think that, you know, talk to people, connect with people. I think that's the theme of both of our things. Make sure you connect to people. Yeah. It's healthy. For different reasons, but if you connect to somebody, then you, you can, like I said, you get to know them, you, you show them that you love them. You know, it, it goes deeper than just the words. Yeah, it is an actual connection. Yeah. Well, that's going to do it for us tonight, guys. We're so sorry. Well, not, I'm not really sorry because it was a good episode and we had a great conversation. But for anyone who's stuck around and will listen to this whole thing, I appreciate it. Thank you, Pup, for doing this. This will be going out the day of the 16th. Yes, the 16th. So everybody stay tuned. Please like, subscribe, share with your friends, comment, feedback. I love any and all feedback in person or digital. And please give my give Clark's pod if you listen if you haven't. It's a great pod. I listened to a couple of I listened to an episode today. It was really informative, really uh, if you really appreciate the level of detail and the conveying of information uh, uh, that he did today on this episode, please I highly recommend his his pod. He does it all the time. Yep, they come out every two weeks. Next episode is actually going to be on Tuesday the eighth. Yeah. So this Tuesday coming, and uh, it's every two every two weeks thereafter. The the my my two cents clips are randomly spread out throughout whenever because mm-hmm. stuff happens whenever. But the actual podcasts are every two weeks. That's going to do it for us tonight, guys. Pup, any last words? Any signing off words? Uh, not really. Y'all y'all be good. I'll catch y'all on the next trip. Yeah, man. Thank you for doing this, pup. I promise to have you back at least on next year or maybe again later in the year or next. Like, Well, I'll have you definitely on volume five, but maybe I might be able to fit you in next year right before this volume ends. Okay. Yeah, I'm down for anything. You know that. Thanks again, pup. You are always down to go, and you are a good man, man. Thank you for doing this. I'll, uh, I'll catch you later, brother. All right. Sounds good. You have a great night. You too, bro. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye